Welcome to another episode of Dragons and Dread Forts, where the night is dark and full of terrors. We're excited to have you back for this episode, but before we jump in, we got a lot of stuff to cover. Do we? Okay. Oh, you got me excited there. (laughs) We got a lot of stuff to cover. Oh, before we get up in. Okay. First things first, we have a voicemail. Yay! Yeah! But prematurely before that, because I forgot something. You're pretty good at premature. (laughs) First thing second. I want to go back to (laughs) your affinity for cartoon characters. Oh, yeah. So... Post that was two episodes ago, and afterwards we were talking, and we've shared this on the last episode where we looked up the picture of the lions and, yeah, and Simba had cleavage too. Yeah, we yep. all we all remember. But you you brought up another character that you were fascinated with. Yeah, who was that? That was uh, Lola the bunny, Lola, Lola the rabbit. Bunny. Yeah. So have you watched the new Space Jam? Jam? I have not. Oh, I was can't bring myself to do. I was that. just gonna get your take, but I I've seen the I've seen the poster, <laughs> and she's fine. <laughs> She's not in a crop top anymore, though, right? No, they yeah, they took all of. She the, was incredibly sexualized in the very first in the first one. Yeah, and I mean, okay, <laughs> I don't know what you want. the The writers, the 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 artists, they wanted me to have that reaction, or else they wouldn't have drawn a cartoon bunny with a crop top and these big beautiful eyes and like and they use that in the game like she's like hey boys and like they call in and they score a basket that was their point mm-hmm. you know you get that right mm-hmm. yeah okay i'm not the only one i'm not i'm glad this is on the internet because other people out there will be like hey that guy's like me <laughs> a loser <laughs> uh i just I, I had just watched space jam and it made me think about it because i was like God, Nick just talked about her. I you wonder if he the newest one or I watched the new one. How, what's your take on it? It's so horrible, excellent that it's very entertaining. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. Wow, I enjoyed it. It wasn't a good movie. It's a horrible movie, mm-hmm. but it was a f- it was fun to watch. It was it was so bad. Um, but sometimes movies do that. One of my favorite movies of that style is Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I went into the theater with the expectation that this is going to be the worst movie I've ever watched. And I walked away feeling not disappointed, more entertained than I had been in memory. Here's the thing with that one. You can't go into it thinking that it's going to be a good movie. Like exactly what you said. That's the exact mentality you have to go into it with because the idea that Abraham Lincoln, while he is trying to, keep the nation together and fight a war and all of the other things. He's also hunting the vampires that are on the other side that are actually the ones that are like, it's, it, it's a crazy idea. It was, yeah. I wonder it was a how very many, good movie. how many production companies or movie, you know, com- film companies said no to that pitch. It had to be all of them. Yeah. Well, did that one come after uh pride, prejudice and zombies? I don't remember. Okay. I don't, I don't think don't I saw remember. that one. I oh, never saw it, but even I, remember if that was a movie, but I know it was a book. I believe and I think Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter was a book first. Um, I don't oh, know. Well, don't that's either. cool. But it, we, it was very interesting. Yeah. So all that to say, Space Jam is not as good as Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, all right. but it was entertaining and that was fine. And going full circle, it's not as good as Game of Thrones either. Correct. Which is what we're here to talk and about. And there was a cameo from Game of Thrones a couple different times in in Space Jam 2. Nice. So you have to check it out and, and see which characters make an appearance, not you. I'll do what I want. Um, okay, so we also have a voicemail. 
Yeah. Uh, that I want to get into. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and play it. Hi, guys. So I am hesitant to rush to Nick's defense um, since he has been calling people gay, like a bully from a bad early 2000s coming-of-age film. However, I do have just to stand wonderful. by him on this Nala debate. Uh, let's just say that he's not the only one who's had feelings for this cartoon lion. Oh. Um, give him a break. Also, I just wanted to point out the fact that I feel like people sexualize Lola Bunny all the time, and no one bats an eye, I guess because she walks on two legs. It makes it less weird. Yeah. No. It's not Anyways, less weird. I'm just out here fighting for equal opportunities for all cartoon characters and the uh, early sexual awakenings they may or may not yeah. uh, bring on. Anyways, love the show. Bye. Amen. <laughs> I feel so validated right now. Thank you, nameless listener. Now, <laughs> now you know why I wanted Even, to, yeah, <laughs> to play that or talk about your affinity for. That's great, characters. and yeah. it wasn't. There was not one single mention of Game of Thrones in that voicemail. I love it. I it's love perfect. it, man. I feel. I feel validated. I don't know who you are, uh, but I really appreciate it. I. I mean, I don't know if you got to listen to the one where I asked for people to do longtime listener, first time caller, but if you would like to call back again. You still are allowed to do it because we don't, I don't know who you are. So we could do long time listener, first time caller. Do you know who that no is? One would know. I do. Are you going to, are we leaving it? I, I don't, I mean, she didn't say her name, so I don't know if she didn't want to. Maybe not. Let's just leave it anonymous. Yeah, we'll hold In it. other unrelated news, we have our first patron. What? what? Which is Lydia. Wow. Oh, snap. So thank you, Lydia, for supporting the show. We are so glad to have you as a part of the show, part of the team. Uh, and you may just have an opportunity to hear Lydia at some point in the near future as a guest on this show. Maybe, yeah. maybe or maybe not. Might as well. Hey, you want to be a patron? You want to be a guest on the show? Patreon. Give uh, us money. Okay, hold on. Before well, we I'm do not, that. I'm not promising that everyone who does it, but... It kind of made you it know feel what? that way. Lydia, I just wanted to, Lydia took that jump, and I would like to just, you know... It's like giving the bouncer 20 bucks at the door. doesn't mean you'll get in, but it, it probably just, helps your it chances helps. a little bit. It doesn't hurt, that's for his, sure. And his friend, George Washington? Um... I, I would like to take a minute and visit Nick's Apology Corner. I feel like it should be pretty long. No, it's a brief one. <laughs> um, it also has a one fake apology in it, so that's going to be fun. Uh, number one, I would like to... So welcome to Nick's Apology Corner. And, we need uh, theme music yeah, for this. We should... Get, what, maybe our production guy can get on that. Um, um, I'll get him on it. Our, so number one is... Uh, I would like to apologize to Clint for, cause I feel like we were a little hard on him for his voicemail, uh, in the last episode. It, it was fairly boring, but I am sorry for, <laughs> I'm sorry for us pointing to that. We are very appreciative of every voicemail, whether you're validating us like this unknown anonymous voicemailer was, or you're just being boring like Clint. We are appreciative of all of them. Uh, so I am sorry to Clint for that. Number two, I am very sorry for bringing up Waluigi Hentai <laughs> in the last episode. You should be. I uh, I didn't know what I was doing there. Uh, sometimes I forget that this is on the internet forever, and I just bring things up that shouldn't be out there probably. Oh um, but I, I think that's part of the joy of the show. I don't know. Uh, so sorry about that. And then lastly, um, I did speak to someone about this to try to understand an outside perspective that's not two straight white men sitting with me in this studio uh and they did not see a, a problem with the word female to describe 
a female or female emotions. That being said, I would also like to apologize to people if they did find any offense to that. And not necessarily the straight white men in the room, not at all. But but actual ladies, women, females. I am nope. <laughs> I am sorry if that uh, if that was the the wrong terminology to use, and if it was disrespectful in any way, that is not not the, the what I was trying to get across. So. That, this has been Nick's has apology, been Nick's corner. apology corner. Guess which one was a fake one? Stay tuned. For <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, there's a couple in there that could be fake. So. Yeah. Be all all three of them could be fake. D, oh. all of the above. Um, but yeah, fun fun trip to the apology corner. Well, um, that was a fun trip to the apology corner. Thank you for doing that. We want to go ahead and jump into uh, episode. One season two. season two of season two. I'm looking up. Look at some us. Information. Guys, we've done this for a whole season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't believe here. that we finally made it this far. Um, this episode is titled "The North Remembers." It aired on April 1st, 2012. It's written by D and D and directed by Alan Taylor. So good job, guys. Uh, I found this to be a pretty interesting episode. Um, we open up in King's Landing. My first note of the whole season two is fuck Joffrey. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. I just... <laughs> Were you going to say that? <laughs> that's fair? Yeah. I was just... Yeah, I guess. Okay. Okay. Just Sorry. his stupid face, I think... And just all of him. ...got me going before mm. he even opened his stupid mouth. So the Hound brutalizes oh, that guy. Oh, yeah, it's the tournament for his name day. Yep. Yeah. The Hound brutalizes that guy. I mean... That was in something. royal fashion. He just obliterates him. By the way, uh, just so you know, Keith, there are no birthdays in Game of Thrones. In that, in Westeros, I figured that's it's what simply a name, name day. day, the day that you were named. So there you go. That's fun. Yeah, fun fact. And does, much, much like in real life, when I hate people who celebrate their birthday just so much. And tell everyone nonstop about it. Hates a strong word. I hate Joffrey for just te- making sure to tell everyone that it's his name day and having people murdered, on like, it, like killed on. Like. Yeah, like bro, we know, and you don't have to keep saying it. It's, These aren't like tournament swords that are like blunted and shit. Like nah, people are dying. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say he's uh, fairly self-absorbed. Uh, oh, yeah. A little bit, I would. I would venture to say that we'd be mm-hmm. safe in saying that. That won't need to end up on Nick's apology corner. I won't apologize um, for that. Thank you. So the Hound brutalizes that guy. I was sad to see the Hound uh, who just won. It, well, he, you know, he tied last week with Fire, Firefit of the Week with uh, Tywin Lannister uh, in a very unfire fit this week. He, it's like he got demoted. He didn't have the Kingsguard stuff on. Um, well, he had business to take care of. Yeah, but I don't know. If, I mean, I, I would imagine they always wear it. But yeah, uh, maybe that's it. I, I just, you know, even well, we've when seen he came, ja- We've seen Jamie not in it quite a bit. Well, that's because he got captured. Even before that. I know. I just wanted to burn Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm glad you did. Thank but you. I'm just saying like... Yeah, maybe. maybe. It's supposed I hope to be so. for quote I hope unquote, he didn't get demoted. I don't feel like the Hound deserved a demotion. No, definitely not. Um, anyway, so uh, then then we see just Joffrey be the worst. Sir Dantos is supposed to, to be present for the next match. And he's running a little bit behind. And looks... Like he's going to get his bell rung. I mean, first off, his his American Patriot breastplate frustrated me. Sure. 
uh, the red, white, and blue with the stars. What are we doing here? Why was that included? I think that's probably the sigil of House Hollard, but I don't. It's I mean, trash. Okay. Um. Wow. And he. So he doesn't love America here. Let's not do this. <laughs> we. No, no. I'm happy to do it. Let's do you want to do it? No, let's not do this. You don't want to do it. I don't. Do you want to do it? I think Nick wants to do it. No. Uh, okay. So this going back to Sardantos, he was not you ready ta- for this. Would you like to take a moment to talk I, about? I America? don't want to take a moment and sit right there and tell you tell me how you became the prince of a town called Bel Air. I do not want that. <laughs> okay. Would you rather talk about that or love or dislike for the country of America? I. Don't want to talk about any of that because that's not what we're here for. We're here to talk about Westeros. And in Westeros, (laughs) they have sigils. And House Hollard's sigil is apparently that. So let's get to Serdantos because he's a great character. You're sure you want to move on? Yes, I do. Okay. So if you want to come back to it at any point, point let me know I'm we'll down. swing back around later yeah I'm, I'm here for it um so he looks just the worst uh i feel kind of sorry for him because he clearly doesn't pick up on joffrey's um sarcasm he, he's like he's like a sam light yeah yeah he's just like you can tell he's just a good a good dude who just likes to drink a little bit and, and what's wrong with that? Somebody here on this show might understand that. <laughs> I've always identified with Serdantos, but that's I, just me. I may have missed it. Was there a reason he was there? Um, so not really. I mean, it's just people, you know, people in, in these houses uh, or knights would be invited to some so this kind of tournament. Right. Well, they had the tournament for the Hand of the King back when Ned, remember that right, tournament? Yeah. So they throw tournaments for stuff. Well, yeah, but like that seemed... More official, I guess, for like better word. Well, this was just like Joffrey, like fight for me. Ugh. It did have that that <laughs> air of like it was like in the corner of a castle somewhere. Yeah, there were there were some people present, um, but I it, it definitely didn't have the same excitement. Yeah, there wasn't maybe, any pomp and circumstance to this one. Yeah, the hound wasn't dressed up. Yeah, what the maybe, hell? Maybe Tyrion pokes at that later when Tyrion comes in and says like, "Hey, we looked for you on the battlefield." Where were you? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's and another. So, like, that's another reality. Everybody else is out fighting that war, and oh, he's yeah. like, "Let's just play here and you know have have a little tournament." What losers are left? Yeah. Oh, right. Sir Dantos, who right. would have never gotten that a chance. Totally makes sense. Yeah, he would have never gotten a chance to battle in the hand of the the, the hand the of hands the hands tournament. The hands tournament. Um, because King Robert would have laughed him right out of the fight pit. Um. Anyway, so so Joffrey does something that I think that I've never really picked up on. He has Marin Trant shove a, like a funnel. It's obviously a horn, right? But a funnel in the guy's mouth and pours the wine in the funnel. It just, that was crazy to me. I ne- had never noticed it before that it was a funnel. Oh, that wow. They were like pouring, pouring it into. Yeah. Um, Sansa is, so sweet being Sansa and Mm -hmm. and you know she can't keep her mouth shut I'm scared that it's going to get her into some trouble with Joffrey like how how long can he go without like reacting in a in a more severe way to her I have to wonder though how much pressure he may or may not be under from the outside family to like hey you cannot do anything to Sansa you killed Ned you lost Arya you cannot do anything to her. But uh, but that's kind of my point is like, at what point does, does his frustration with her boil over to mm-hmm. where he's seeing red and he ignores all of those other potential ramifications from 
his actions. Well, he seems like a fairly like put together guy. So yeah, he's yeah. level headed. Yeah, he seems yeah. pretty level headed. Um, probably hold it together pretty well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it, I thought that it was interesting that the Hound kind of spoke up in kind kind of defense of Sansa without it being in defense of Sansa. Um, and that may just be reading into it, but when when she's talking about like you can't kill him on your name day, it's bad luck. Joffrey's like, "What?" And the Hound says something along the lines of, "Basically, whatever you reap on your name day, you you so for the rest, of the, for the rest of the year." Um, he could have just whatever you sow on your name day, you reap the rest of the year. That's what I said. I think we might have reversed it. No, shut up. Okay, it's I always. It's, I know no one can rewind this, so it's it's fine. Yeah, they don't know. Right. Uh, Nick was over here giving me hand signals like a third base coach. And so I just had to, I had to, head and shoulders, it. knees and toes. Is that steal the base? I don't, I honestly had a hard time remembering Can you give the them hand like signals. How many times I touch signals? my nose is the, is, is, the, is the sign. So if I touch my nose three times, then that's the third thing that we've determined, which is, hey, you flip those. Okay. <laughs> So, <laughs> but so the hound did that earlier when he gave Sansa the like cloth right. to wipe. So, so I wonder if they're like trying to set. That's kind of what I wanted like to talk up. about. What what did you feel or what did you take away from now? This is the second time that he's really the third, if you think about it. When he came to her chambers initially, mm-hmm. when the Lannisters were kind of Taking rooting over. out the Starks, uh, he was there to get her and seemingly didn't cause her any harm mm-hmm. though he was scary he seemed to have been somewhat gentle um so this is maybe even interpreted as the third moment where the hound has shown a little bit of compassion to sansa do you do you feel like that's a thing or do you feel like it's just reading into the situation i don't know i mean i want it to be a thing like you always want not that he's a villain necessarily but like i feel like the show has done a good job of like humanizing the quote-unquote bad people so i think he maybe sees some of himself in her or, you know, is sympathetic to her situation, something along those lines. Yeah, I yeah. see the Hound as somebody that doesn't, he does his duty, he does what he's asked to do. Right. But, uh, and knows his knows his role, but doesn't doesn't take a whole lot of, uh, like, joy in that fact. Like a Marin Trant. Marin Trant seemed all too happy to smack Sansa mm-hmm. around in, in the last episode, uh, all too happy to shove that funnel in Danto's mouth. Like, the hound will do what he's supposed to do, but he's not going to take he's not going to take uh, you know joy in it or pride in it and like you know of fucking with this like thirteen year old girl you know that, yeah. and so yeah he's trying to I, I think I think that's where it is I think it is com- just compassion from the hound. Well, I almost can like wonder if he sees like kinship in Ned a little bit with like you know I didn't think about this until you just said it, but like he just does his job and he doesn't want to necessarily kill the yeah. people that he has to kill or do the bad things, but he just does what he does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the hounds. I think the hounds' character will, just like everyone else's character, will right. continue to grow and blossom. Flourish. And yeah, unlike unlike change. Ned, right? Ned's Ned's is set. Right. Unfortunately. So then Tyrion makes an entrance, <laughs> and it's back. a grand entrance as always. Uh, it, he just walks with such like swagger, mm-hmm. but it's like little mini swag. Yeah. Uh, and he just doesn't little give swag. a shit. It's endearing. Like, he has to know that Joffrey's dangerous, right? And he just doesn't care at all. Yeah, but I think he knows that someone's got to say something to him. Like he's, he's just always like, pushing buttons. Tywin said, "You you bring that boy king or that boy king to heel, 
And so like he's he's got to do that. I mean, we don't have we don't have Cersei with the exception of her slapping him in this episode. Like right. but we don't have Cersei doing that. We have and we don't have anybody on the small council doing that. So head spikes walls. Right. What, yeah. Ty- what it was. <laughs> yeah, Tyrion's got to Tyrion's got to, you know, reel him in and and acting like you're having this tournament and like you're this military mind like uh Pycelle said last episode when you know the rest of the country's at war is out fighting the war fighting your war because this person is saying that you're not the king or they're they're wanting to rebel against the crown and you're just sitting there doing nothing thank god somebody called him out fuck that guy yeah uh royally fuck joffrey he's the very worst um then then obviously you mentioned the kind of jab about like we looked for you on the battlefield didn't see you um which i thought was funny and then you know Tyrion addresses sansa um and he has a moment where he's kind of like i'm sorry for your loss and then joffrey is you know obviously frustrated by that and any compassion shown towards ned or any of the starks or anyone yeah and he's like her father was a traitor and Tyrion comes back with but yet he was still her father. And surely that's something that like would resonate with you considering the fact that you just lost your own father. And then Sansa just, you know, just, yeah, she, she, she knows what she has bend, to do. Bends the, the party knee. line. Yeah, for sure. And that made me sad. Cause she could have just kept her mouth shut and not said anything, but instead she aligned herself unnecessarily with, it kind of just made it feel like Tyrion stuck his neck out a little bit for you. And you just kind of, said fuck off uh, yeah but he gets it you can see it in his face like he's like of course you do yeah yeah um so anyway his entrance is always great as he's walking off he's like there's work to be done and and he joffrey's like what are you doing where are you going and he, he just sounds like a little kid too he, he said that's my that, and i think i think jack gleason we talked about this while we were watching the episode justin like jack gleason does such a good job of portraying joffrey not just the not just the asshole or fuck Joffrey nature of him, but the the fact that he still is a kid. He still is, you know, like wh- why are you here? You know, it's just it. I just think he does a really good job. And if you if you ever just hate a character, that's that is a sign of of a good actor. That's a sign of somebody that that did their job. Um, unfortunately, it cost Jack Leeson the rest of his career in acting, <laughs> which really sucks. Uh, but it seems, at least right now, <laughs> so yeah. But but he he just does a great job. Sounds like a little kid when he's walking away. Like why why are you here? <laughs> so and I Tyrion, I just love that Tyrion didn't give him the time of day. Nope, <clears throat> he just intentionally said nothing. And I thought that, that was great. It's um, the first time I've ever noticed too when Tyrion's walking away that the uh, hill tribe, the hill tribe, the hill tribe is behind yeah. him. Yeah. So in the books, they actually make it a big deal about the hill tribes being in King's Landing and like they're just causing mayhem and having you know chaos. Um, but they don't really touch on that really much in the show. And I, I going through the books, I was I was kind of wondering about that. But then I noticed that hey, they're right there behind him, which that you know could introduce some questions of its own and Tyrion just walked off. So never really gave Joffrey the time to inquire about that either. Um, I just, Tyrion's great. Um, then we go to the small council meeting. Um, I love that they were having a small council meeting while he was just doing whatever he was doing. Well, we saw that before with, with, you know, Robert, when was it Renly who said, who talked about my brother doesn't, really come to these yeah winter is coming but the same can't be saying it can't be said about my brother right so it's 
kind of can be said like, about Keith. It can be said about Keith. Keith Winter. Here I am. Is has arrived. I showed up tonight. You can't get too far into the episode without saying that one. <laughs> um, yeah, right. it, it seems like that's just kind of the thing. It seems like the small council makes things happen regardless of what the king is doing. Joffrey's out tooting his own horn, celebrating his birthday, you know, partying in South Beach, and people still have to hold shit together. And so that's what they're doing. Uh, we just have... Like, just like every manager, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. This week's fire fit of the week. Uh, oh wow! Getting to it early. Appearance. Um, yeah, I thought long and hard about it. Long and hard, uh, and it took I me. I don't get it. It took. <laughs> it's fine. You're. You've already came, so it doesn't okay. matter. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's not anymore. Oh, okay. Um, so <laughs> this week, uh, this week's fire fit is brought to you by Cersei. Oh, oh wow! She was wearing this like aqua dress. And I thought that it, she looked really great in it. I thought that it, it clashed with her hair, but in a good way. And then I thought that it really brought out the color in her eyes a lot. I thought that she looked really stunning in that. So nice. Firefit of the week brought to you by Cersei at the small council meeting. Later in, the, Firefit. later in the episode, she's uh, wearing this red dress. And I thought that that clashed with her hair in a poor way. Mm. So um, I was glad that we got this one. Um, there may be some honorable mentions later. I was but say, is that the only fire fit? Okay. It's the it's the standalone. Yeah, she oh. she won it outright. Um, there are some honorable mentions later on. But All right, um, so if you're just listening for the fire fit, you can stop listening. You can now. stop listening. It was Cersei. Right. Um, so yeah, she looked great. Uh, then but then we get into the important part of it where Tyrion just walks in and every, I th- there was a moment when they show him walking around in his chair and Varys like turns his whole body. Mm-hmm in a really funny, like almost comedic fashion where he's like, what the fuck is going on here? And then obviously everyone else is at like, has the same expression on their face. I just thought watching Varys turn in such a like funny, funny way. Uh, I just found that humorous, but uh, then, then Cersei's like, what are you doing here? Tyrion is doing Tyrion. He knows what she's asking, but he's just, you know, talking about his, his excursion throughout Westeros and I pissed off the edge of the wall and, you know, just all I spent, you know, a night with the hill tribes. Yeah. Slept in a sky tail. Yeah. It was, it was just, I thought so funny that he just is, it seems like he's always trying to grind the gears of his family, especially. Uh, And I felt that on a deep level. I thought um, the little piece of information that they were talking about before he came in though, uh, Keith, if you pick that up, um, the white raven from the Citadel. So the Citadel sends out white ravens so that you know, okay, that's from the Citadel. That's a big that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you catch the piece of information that they kind of were? I, I don't remember it if I did. So it was that winter is officially over. So it's been, it's, you know, the council has winter, met. Winter has come. Winter has come. And now it's gone. Yeah, eventually the Starks are always right. Um but uh, they say, like, okay, we have wheat for, you know, five, five years. years. Uh, after that, we may have less peasants. I, you know, that's not funny, but I also think it, it was kind of funny from Littlefinger. Um, just the way he said it, says it. Sorry. And you probably hear Reese's Pieces <laughs> dropping on the floor. <laughs> on the floor. Uh, not because Justin's sharing them, just he's dropping them. No, no that's fine. Yeah, fuck um, you guys. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Bring your own snacks. Okay, you're right. <laughs> you're not right. You're not wrong. Uh, I don't really know how to hand the... Now it doesn't matter because we're talking about it. Right. Before, it would have been very loud and very awkward. You're right. You're welcome to have some. 
No, I know. Yeah, I just, I'll just toss it. Now that everybody knows, I'll just toss the bag over. Perfect. Okay. So, anyways, uh, I just thought that was it. Wow. I said I, just, I was going to toss I it. Thought that we, I thought that I just wanted to touch on that because it is a big piece of information. Like, not just in the north are they worried about winter, but like winter does get everywhere. And like, that's a that's a impending kind of idea that, hey, winter is coming. You know, it's done. Uh, summer's done. Sorry for all the extracurricular noise. Um, oh, you said at the beginning that winter was done. So you meant summer was done. Oh, yeah. Summer's done. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah. No, you're cool. Yeah. Get it right, Nicholas. Yeah, and I apologize. You host you were, a podcast about this I show. No you were distracted. I right. had no issue with apologizing. You were distracted by Reese's Pieces. It's fine. I was. You don't want any? I do not. Are you... I'm trying to quit. Are you? <laughs> no. Because... No, I just don't want any. God... Well, it's fine. Um, so then finally Tyrion lets the, the, he spills, I was going to let the cat out, say let the cat out of the bag, but then I was also going to say he spills the beans and then, I don't know. He lets the beans out of the bag. He, the, he spills the cats. <laughs> he lets the cats out of the beans. Um, he spills the tea on the cat's beans. <laughs> uh, he does spill the tea on the cat's beans and he lets everyone, that's a funny, that's that a funny, funny thing. Thank you. Um, he lets them know in royal fashion that he is here at the behest of his father Tywin who is the named hand of the king and Cersei just is not having it she screams everybody get out and then she uh starts talking with Tyrion like what did you do you know how did you trick father into this and he says if i was cap- if i were capable of tricking father i'd be emperor of the world right now <laughs> and i just thought like it's so funny because you don't get any, uh, it just, I, I, I don't know. I just found it funny because it doesn't seem like Tyrion actually cares about that. Right. It just seems like he was trying to show her like, that's, you have no idea what's going on. Well, I think it, for me, uh, maybe a little bit, it points to like the personality differences between Cersei and Tyr- Tyr- Tyrion. Wow. Um, that she would want to trick someone into leading or being in charge of stuff where he doesn't want this. Right. He's not here because he's super excited about trying to reel in Joffrey. Yeah. And so then they continue their conversation and uh, we hear the legend of Rob Stark continue to grow. I just wrote in all caps, Rob, um, you know, exclamation point, because uh, she's Cersei's trying to a little bit kind of diminish Rob and his accomplishment thus far. Uh, calls him a child and in Tyrion's response is a child who's won every battle he's fought and again it's just building this legend of now the king in the north well Tyr- yeah Tyrion's the only one from the beginning even in Tywin's camp when they were talking in, in his tent talking about like strategy before they even did the whole whispering wood battle um and no one takes him seriously yeah Tyrion's like ah he's he's a little bit you know better than y'all think I think you know because Tyrion sees, meets him uh, and kind of experiences his his aura at Winterfell when he's coming back from the Wall, yeah. and Rob's like kind of a dick, and yeah, justifiably. But um, you know, so yeah, he's he's experienced Rob more than anybody else has, and he's just trying to tell him like continually that you guys are underestimating this guy. He was in that scene in Winterfell. He did. He was not acting like a child. He was acting. Like a lord, like the lord of a holdfast, yeah. and I think that Tyrion has tried a couple times, like you're saying, to to appeal to you know the people on his side. Like we should take this guy seriously. 
Um, or at the very least, we shouldn't just discount him because he's young. Um, and so anyway, that that was all that I had from that scene. I don't know if you guys had anything you wanted to add. No, well, um, so later on in that scene, Cersei or T- uh, Tyrion saying we may be able to get Jamie back for the Stark girls. Uh, luckily, we have two of them. And Cersei says, eh, one. And this is the first time that anybody outside of King's Landing has apparently learned that they don't have Arya. Mm. And Tyrion's like, I'm sorry, what? You beheaded one and you let another one get away? What the fuck are you doing? Right. <laughs> and and it's it's almost Cersei realizing that like, oh shit, he's right. Like mm. if, yeah. if Tywin knew about that, he would be livid because... They really have no shot at getting Jamie back for one Stark daughter. You had you had three Starks. Now you only have one, and we're not getting Jamie back for that. So, right. yeah, that's a pivotal moment because it comes up later when um, Catelyn is talking to Rob about not. She mentions like I've not heard any word about Arya, right? And so I think that that kind of strengthens the statement that you made. That it seems as though they've done a pretty good job of keeping it really hush hush yeah and no one really has the information that Arya is not well that sets for. the wheels in motion too that conversation sets the wheels in motion that cersei has to she has to find Arya, which is a which is a, a storyline later in the show or later in the the series or episode god um you're gonna but, get it yeah you got this and and then it also sets in motion that cersei's like okay i've got to fix this stuff because if tywin does come to king's landing and it's all in disarray how it is now there is i'm fucked because yeah. he, he's gonna be pissed. Yeah, and I, I just, I, I thought that like the way that Tyrion, again, is poking the bear a little bit. You know, Joffrey's scary in a loose cannon type of way. Mm-hmm. Cersei's scary in a different way. She's very meticulous, very calculated, and very ruthless. Um, not that Joffrey's not, but he's just he's just always poking and prodding. And when he's talking about, well, wait a second. And you mentioned it, you chopped one of them's head off and then you, you lost one. Like, what are you doing? Right. You're losing control. This is exactly why I'm, this here. Why I'm here. This is, this is why father sent me. Cause you clearly can't handle the position that you're in and we're losing a war. You're, you're mismanaging things here. Somebody needed to come in and, and have a, another impact, another, uh, view on this and and hopefully kind of rein this in so that we don't lose control of this whole situation. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty good scene between the two of them. I like both of them as characters a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like Cersei, but I think that she's a great character. Right. Um, then we go to Winterfell and we get a, a view of King Rob. Uh, or they, no, no, I'm sorry. Th- this is um, when they're talking about King Rob. Um, this is Bran and Maester Lewin are sitting at the table and they're kind of holding court. They're hearing everybody complain. And the guy before them is talking about uh, Lord Rob and and Bran corrects him and says, it's King Rob. And that just made my heart warm that, uh, you know, first we're acknowledging that Rob is king, but second that his little brother's putting people in their place. Yep. You know, I, I, I thought that that was a sweet moment. Um, <laughs> Maester Lewin has a really fun moment when he the guy's just talking and talking much like i do on this show and (laughs) 
And uh, he can't get Keith to shut up over there. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. Maester Lu- <laughs> Maester Lewin just says like, "How about four? Uh, you know, have him for a week, and and is that good enough for you?" And Brand like looks at him like, "Yo, what the fuck, dude?" And he says, "Well, we didn't want him here all day. We didn't want to listen to him talk all day." And he has this smirk on his face. I just everything that we've seen of Maester Lewin, love Maester Lewin mm-hmm. with with every. Thing that's gone on in Winterfell with first off the challenges of losing Ned, um, you know, all John being gone, Rob being off the war, Catelyn being kind of bouncing all over the place, uh, Sansa and Arya being quote unquote in King's Landing. It's just nice to have a presence there, someone who's like wise and able to kind of calming, keep things yeah, together. Control. Yeah. yeah. And he's funny. I, I think he's funny. Um, so the, they have that brief moment, and then we see it kind of cuts in a funny fashion to the wolf, the vision with the wolf, the dream. Oh, yeah, the dream, yep. Uh, where did you know what was happening before you saw the wolf's face in the water? Or you were just like, what's going on with this camera work? I don't know if I know what scene we're talking about. So they are. they have a camera, and they're in the God's Wood, um, and it's pretty it, brief, yeah. It's it is really brief. They show, I thought it was really cool because the scene is pretty like, um, what's the word? Muted. Like all the colors are muted except for the red leaves of the God's Wood, yes, um, or okay. the weirwood tree and the red comet that yes. we see for the first time, I believe, in this. In yeah, this I think scene. so. Um, you can hear the panting. You can hear yeah. a little bit, and it's in it, your the camera is held down low to the ground, and you're kind of moving funny mm-hmm. it's funny camera work but then you get to the pond and and uh summer looks into the water you may not know that that's summer i didn't think i'd I, yeah that's I the name of summer that's the name of brand's wolf we learn immediately after that that brand was having a dream again and then we see him go trait kind of retrace the steps right and so you okay. can yeah, put two, two together yeah so did you know that that's what was that it was the wolf or you were like confused by it i think yeah what nick said i think i heard the panting and kind of like knew what was happening. I picked up on the everything muted but the red. I was like, okay, is this like, are they trying to be like a dog vision or something like that? Yeah, um, but I thought Emily, it was cool. Like it looked cool. Yeah, Emily, when when it's happening, she's like, oh, go 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 to the water. Go go look in the water. And so clearly, she she kind of understood what was job, going Emily. on. Like as far as like whatever we were seeing, we were going to get a, a glimpse of it. Uh, if it looked in the water in the reflection or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. The first, the first view of the comet. Yep. Did it mean anything to you at that point, or was it just? It's a comet. It still doesn't really mean anything to me, but like it's cool to hear the different interpretations of it from the various characters. So, do you have any idea what you think it might mean? Based on, I mean, we've heard a couple of things introduced. We have one that I don't remember if it gets introduced or not, but another significant thing is happening that goes back to. Uh, the White Raven in from the Citadel. I mean, winter it, is it signifying winter, winter yeah. is, is come or like? Do you have an idea of what you think it is? Because we do get several different well, opinions. I, I think of anything. I liked the like it's the Return of the Dragons because like we know that's true. I don't think any of the other stuff. It just felt like it was like I like uh, Asha, Asha's line there where she says, uh, "Stars don't fall for men." Yeah, like all those things are. Yeah, okay, you can all think that, but stars don't fall for men. Like we're not that important. Yeah, right. It means one thing. Yeah, when people are like, "Oh, it means that Rob's winning," or "It means that Tyrion's winning," it's like, no, it, that's probably not. Yeah, nothing it means one thing. Right. 
dragons. Mm. Which is which is pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> true. You did get us on that one. Uh, then we go to the Red Waste and a scene that's challenging, I think, to watch. Mm-hmm. We see the dragons. Very mm-hmm. briefly. I need to see much more of them. I know. They do a good job in that. It, whoever's doing the makeup, obviously they've done a it, costuming and, and makeup in this show is probably Phenomenal. second to none. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. Um but it's but they did a great job of showing uh Jiqui, like her her face looks awful. I mean she was she is a very pretty woman uh that we've already seen and she looks rough and Danny looks rough and like everybody is just just trudging through the desert and uh I just thought they did a good good job of, of portraying that. Like, yeah, it's a they, detail that they don't overlook. Right. <clears throat> and it, it increases the feeling of like the desperateness of significance yeah, yeah of the situation um so we get a brief look at uh i think i think the black dragon is the only one that we see in this scene right we didn't see the other two that's correct so we only see the black dragon uh very small mm-hmm. um and then they're having a conversation about like what do they eat what do viserys tell you <laughs> daddy's like he he knew nothing. Like he, he didn't know. He shit didn't about, know anything about anything. Yeah. yeah. Um. Then the horse dies, and that's a sad moment. I thought. Yeah. Um. And but Danny, now you have more meat. You do. I I looked at Nick and said, "Well, he's gonna eat some horse now." Uh, some horse. He didn't do uh, meats back on the menu. <laughs> I I thought about saying horses back on the menu, boys, but I didn't think I didn't know if he'd catch it. Mm. From Lord of the Rings, oh, when the orcs yeah. are having that battle, uh, and they've got Merry and Pippin, uh, it's right before Merry and Pippin go off into the woods and meet yeah. Treebeard, and yeah. they start fighting. It's, it's twin ta- It's two towers, right? It is the two yeah. towers, yeah. And I always say twin towers because nine eleven, but it's yeah, it's two different. towers, right? Uh, They're different. <laughs> yeah, almost. It's yeah, a little bit. Uh, I'm, by the way, just for fun. Almost finished with Return of the King. Oh, I thought you were gonna say you're a 911 conspiracy theorist like me. I'm but, not. No. Okay, that's fair. No, no, I'm not. Um, Justin just doesn't believe it. it. It happened. Well, that's what's really. I heard. I heard Pete Davidson talking on a podcast one time about because Pete Davidson's dad died in 911. R.I.P. In in trade centers and like someone told him one day like, Hey, I heard about your dad. You know that didn't happen, right? <laughs> he was like, Yeah, fuck off, man. Yeah, my <laughs> like, dad definitely. Is dead. I love Pete Davidson. He's funny. Um. I watched that. What was that movie he was in? Uh, King of Staten, Staten Island. Island. Yeah, he's uh, Justin giving a okay uh, sign. Or three a, fingers uh, up. It was yeah. good. Right. It was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I just watched the Green Knight. Didn't enjoy it. I don't know. If Did you was. watch the Black Knight? The one that we talked about. Oh my god, you oh, guys no. are the worst. The one I know we, the Martin, Martin Lawrence, Lawrence movie. Yeah. No, I have told you before. Fourteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Martin no. Lawrence. And I feel like I might be dumb for not liking it, but Black Knight. No, Green Knight. Oh okay. I don't know what that is. It's a movie. It's out in theaters right now. Okay. It's a, what led you to talk about that? I don't know. We were just talking about movies. Okay. Cool. My movie connected to what we had been talking about. Right. Mine connected in my world, and it's all about me. So there's no... I would, like, is Pete nope, Davidson in it? No, nope, Zero connective tissues. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm trying to get at. There is no nothing, connection. Nothing... Okay. Nothing to do with anything okay. we were talking about. I like this. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I like this. But now that we're back on conversations about America, would you like to revisit that now? No, thank you. <laughs> okay. You just let me know at any point in time if you want to talk about America. I'm down to clown. Got it. Um, also, will you get off your phone? Yeah, sorry. 
<laughs> um, just kidding. You can do whatever you want. So the moment about the horse was sad because, as Danny mentioned, it was the first gift that Drogo had given to her. And I've done a lot of thinking. Mm-hmm. Drogo is a great warrior, and he has what I think up until this point are probably the two best kills in the show. Mm. But I kind of feel like we should say fuck Drogo. Wow. That's a strong take. I've been thinking about it I a lot. I didn't see you going there. I know, because I really like Jason Momoa, and Drogo is the most badass warrior we've seen so far with the two top kill cam kills. But the more I think about it, the more I really feel like I feel like fuck Drogo. Well, unpack that for us, please. Um, So, obviously, the Dothraki, their code of conduct is sketchy at best. Uh, they rape and pillage and just take whatever they want mm-hmm. uh, from whoever they want. And that's kind of their whole MO. Like every every part of their existence is built on those tenants. Right. And that's fucked up. And then also, he definitely, he bought a wife, you know. Right. He never paid the price for it. I mean, he gave his life, but... He never really paid for that wife. He was supposed to give Viserys an army and never did it. Um, which that's not the problem. The problem is that he, I mean, I don't really want to get deep into it, but he definitely had his way with Danny and that shit's not cool. And I think that that we've to- we totally glanced and glossed over that. And I think that that's really fucked up that he did that. And I kind of feel like he belongs in the fuck, fuck column and not the good kind. <laughs> <laughs> all right so i just i don't know i've been thinking about that a little bit and then when they were talking about it obviously they grow their relationship grows but at the end of the day he did still rape her and he still led an entire Kalsar who their whole mo was raping and pillaging and taking whatever they wanted and I think i'm staying quiet so that i don't have to be on apology corner next week i think it's fucked up i think it's fair those, those are fair takes um, the question is just, it, does the good outweigh the bad? And I don't think anyone's like putting Drogo up on a pedestal saying that he's this perfect human, but like, but clearly Danny was in love with him and clearly, I, right, right. You're right. I think that I maybe did put him a little bit up on a pedestal. Yeah. Well, when, that's because you're attracted one. to him as a human, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's a smoke show. Yeah. He is True. the definition of smoking hot guy. Yeah. Well, and and sometimes did. you let that stuff slide when they're yeah. really hot. And he some, did some cool things. He did some cool things. It's like How I Met Your Mother, the crazy and hot scale. Right. Like where the two ha- intersect and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. But crazy is not the same as morally Wrong. fucked up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that uh, just because he did some cool shit does not erase the really fucked up shit that does he did. Does it matter that those things are acceptable in his culture? No. Okay. I was just wondering. Because I mean, they obviously weren't in the other culture. I think in his culture it was accepted. But for me to be a Drogo fan, which I think up until recently I have, I would consider myself a fan of Drogo. Are you able to compartmentalize by chance? No. That's fair. I've just been thinking about it a lot. Yeah, and I just, this has been weighing on you. I, I appreciate you coming to us with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that you feel like this is a forum in which you will be uh, affirmed and supported. Because um, we love you, Justin, and we just want to we just want to see you happy. And so, if you happy, <laughs> happy, want to see you happy. <laughs> no, I, I think you make good points. 
So anyway, is I, that I don't the know. experience that you get from us, Nick? Yeah. That we love and accept all of your no. Weird, I don't. I don't accept I have all to of those Waluigi things. I, it's interesting that I keep getting invited <laughs> back because I have to apologize for something fairly fairly big every every, <laughs> every week. That episode. might be why you're invited back. Is yeah. we, we have look, a whole we look bit better called Nick's Apology Corner. The yeah. whole bit is about you apologizing so for that fucked thing up, up shit. Yep. So this is your opportunity to share your thoughts on Drogo. No, no, no. I think you make all good fair points. Um, I. I'm able to compartmentalize a little bit. I also have never really... I mean, I'm drawn to Drogo as the warrior. I've never been really drawn to Drogo as a human, um, mainly because he doesn't have that large... Surprisingly, he doesn't have that large of a part. Yeah. You know, I think maybe coming into this, coming into Game of Thrones, if you've heard about Cal Drogo or heard about Jason Momoa in it, you kind of assume that he has this major part. He really doesn't. Um, it's a, it's a, you know, it's fairly minor for yeah. how large of an actor he is, both in size and fame. Well, so. I mean, they not that it's the exact same. Like Ned had a much larger part, but yeah, Sean they're Bean. not. Yeah, they're not scared of. Yeah, so, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Jason done. Momoa was as as popular at that point, maybe in 2011, that you know, as he is now. But, yeah, he had been you know. on Baywatch, but I don't really know what else he had done up until that point. Anyway. Just it made me think about it because obviously Danny is reminiscing on their relationship and you know, talking about the horse. And you know, Jorah has the moment where he talks about, like, I know I was there. And anyway, so they're trying to figure out a game plan. She's she's kind of asking what's next. He says, Well, we can't go this direction because they'll kill us and take your dragons. We can't go there because they'll kill you and take your dragons. We can't go there because they'll kill us and take your dragons. Like, it's just kind of the weight. When you, so let's just keep walking this way where we may run into somebody who will kill us and take our, take your dragons. But at least we don't know, whereas we do know right. the other directions. Yeah, like, it's this just is, funny that Jorah has no idea. Like, yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's this way, but I've never been this far, so who knows? Yeah. I just, it, it, it added, I think, a little bit to the urgency of they got to figure this out. Yeah, um, and I thought she did a good job. It's a good idea. Like, yeah. let's send a rider out in this direction, send a rider out in this direction, and in that direction, and see what you come back with. Which brings me to my next question for Keith. Hi. Did you feel like, so Ricaro is the blood rider that she was talking to. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she sent the other ones off, too. But the one that she had dialogue with is Ricaro. Right. There was a little bit of... Flirty flirt. Flirty flirt, right? Mm -hmm. You felt that, too. A little bit. Okay. Do you feel like we might be headed towards some kind of weird relationship with her servant? Maybe. Who knows? And I, I don't say that flippantly. Like, I... You never know. I don't remember if I said this in the recording. I think I did. I don't know where things are going in this show ever. It wasn't in the recording. Okay. It was before, but yeah. yeah. I don't... I've completely lost my ability to predict where a television show is going. 11 episodes in. <laughs> oh, no. This happened like five episodes in. Yeah. yeah. Game of Thrones will do that too. I was it like, does. oh, he's going to say this. He doesn't. No. No. They won't kill off Ned in the first first season. Nope. They, they did. did. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I do find it a little troubling that you guys can't watch uh, a, a woman and a man have you know feelings <laughs> of of love to each other that don't have to be romantic romantical and uh, and you know and sexual. Maybe, I didn't say maybe no. it's just, I didn't. It's just I said platonic love. No. It's just platonic love. 
No, there was a smirk. There was no. some, there were some eyes, and there was some sweet conversation. I was yeah. just asking Emily if he the thought thing. there was anything more to that. Emily said the same thing. You can Thank fuck you. right off Thank you, out Emily. that door. Mm. Go ahead. No thanks. Um, <laughs> well, don't so, do it in here. <laughs> stop, Nick. Stop. <laughs> God, put in your pants. Uh, I I was just curious. The, yeah, the, there was a little bit of something it felt like. It was brief, but the, I I thought to myself like. Oh, is this the is this the start of something new? Yeah, which feels like a Disney song or the start of a Disney song. It probably it must <laughs> be more than this provincial life. Yes, yeah. What second time that's made, a, yeah. <laughs> made an appearance? <laughs> which movie is that from? Beauty and the Beast, which is a phenomenal movie, the right? Best, one of the best ones. Agreed that the one. live action is really good, and the animated one is even it's better. Even better. Disagree. So then we jump to Beyond the Wall, and uh, we get a little fire fit of the week. Um, uh, just honorable mention with Craster. I wish oh, we could. I wish we snap. could set him on fire for the <laughs> just week. Just kidding. Yeah, Craster's a fuck. I'm kidding. He, yeah. All of that was. <laughs> he's terrible. I don't, I don't want to tarnish fire for the week. He looks like shit. He's a bum. He looks like a hobo who lives in the wood in a cabin in the woods with which, all of his daughter wives. Exactly. Well, <laughs> so, check. <laughs> I had originally thought about saving the Cersei thing and presenting Firefit of the Week as Craster, but mm-hmm. in a serious manner. But I just couldn't. And you wouldn't have been able to get through it. I couldn't. I knew that I would not be able to like keep it, and so I couldn't do it. Yeah. F- fuck Craster. He's yeah, a piece he's of terrible. shit. Uh, we learn a lot about him before we ever meet him when they're obviously like they we see the structure, um, the Night's Watch is making their way up to it. And some of the brothers of the Night's Watch are having a conversation. John's a part of that. Um, Grin and Pip, like the, you know the the ones. And then there's, should, can we talk about it? Yeah. So they introduced a new one that they didn't uh, in that little group that they didn't talk about in season one, and that's Dollar's Ed. Um, Dollar's Head. Dollar's Ed. Mm. Yeah, ma- mainly Ed. We Dollar's Ed. Ed. But uh, yeah, he he was the one actually telling them. He clearly has had. Maybe more Night's Watch experience. He's a ranger. Okay, yeah, because because he knows the story of Craster. He knows, you know, he's the one telling them right. this stuff. So he's been out beyond the wall. He probably has right, right, yeah, interacted. All the all the, I mean, not all, but most of the Night's Watch brothers that we've met were kind of that incoming class, quote right. unquote, class with John, uh, Grant and Pip and Sam and John and you know all all those yeah, guys, all the freshmen. Uh, right. We've we've been hanging out with the freshmen. Now we're with the upperclassmen a little bit. Um, and so yeah, Dollar said is he's a member of the varsity football team, mm-hmm. and, uh, and <laughs> he dates a cheerleader. And he dates a cheerleader. <laughs> well, and no, he doesn't. Apparently, he's, no, he doesn't. Doesn't on the night watch. No women. <laughs> well, some of them make their way down to Molestown, but you don't know, date them. Well, you date them briefly. They probably were the cheerleaders, the ones that are in Molestown. <laughs> yeah, they were. Ugh. Um, so anyway, we get a, a brief glimpse Emily, into Emily's it. not gonna like that one. No, because <laughs> that was fucked up. Do we to do ride maybe a little bit? Do we learn who he is in the Craster? Scene? Yeah. Um, not really. Okay. Like um, his like his story, like yeah. his background. Because like he's obviously not a night's watch dude, because they wouldn't right. be treating him so well if he had defected. He's obviously someone from south of the wall who moved up there. But everything that we've heard up until this point, I thought about it when I watched this episode. They talk about the wildlings as though they're barbaric and the enemy, mm-hmm. but he's 
someone who lives north of the wall and we don't know his story and they were pretty just like chill about him and didn't have that same relationship that they've painted about other wildlings. Right. So it just leaves. Well, and that's why I felt like he was probably from the South and moved there, not from there originally. Yeah. We, we don't know yet. Um, okay. There is stuff on, on wiki that goes into Crasher's background. Yeah. And you can't look at that. Well, so, and, so we don't learn about it at all in the show. Or it's in the book. I can't remember. But I don't, yeah. I don't remember if they talk about it in the show. Are you are you asking that because of the line between him and uh and Gior Mormont, Lord Commander Mormont, where uh he said, you know, aren't you jealous, old man? Like I've I've got all these young wives and you have nothing but boys or nobody to warm your bed or whatever. And Mormont says we chose different paths. Are you asking is that I mean just no? him in general, like uh okay. I can't remember her name, but Tonks yeah uh, asha yeah she obviously is a very different human entirely from him yeah yeah um you know he seems like he came from civilization and then just well even what, what how craster kind of presents himself like talking about how all the wildlings have gone to be like meet up with man's raider but i'm right. staying here i'm I, you know my roots are deep all that kind of stuff he clearly already sees himself as sort of a loner, you know, a, a, a lone ranger, so to speak. We mm-hmm. talked about, um, yeah, yeah, that whole scene, that conversation where they're like, it's lonely out here. And he says, you know, that his his roots are deep and yeah. he's seemingly here to stay and don't give a shit about what anyone else so, is doing. So clearly he's di- he's very different than maybe um, most of the wildlings that, that still live in villages, have regular families, don't fuck their daughters, things like that. Mm-hmm. Which are all great things to not do. Yeah. Like stand up people. Let's probably don't do that with your. But I, I was, I, when I watched it through the first time, um, I was taken by that line that was, because Craster has some, some resemblance to Mormont. Like they're both old, they both have white hair, they're kind of round faces. Like I was like, oh, are they, are they connected? Like, you know, as far as, um, you know, the, uh, the, we chose different paths, but, that was, I mean, it's a weirdly written line because, like, they don't talk about that at all. The rest of the conversation, it's not like it goes that direction. Um, so it's just, yeah, I didn't know if that was why you brought that up. But. It, it was just everything. Like, that was maybe a little part of it, but that wasn't, yeah. like, the main reason. It was just the whole thing seemed weird. Well, they do through He's conver- weird. He's, I mean, weird is underselling it. Underselling it. Um, I mean, Grant even talks about like, well, that's more than, what does he say? Mm. Somebody's like, oh, that's, that's weird. And he's like, that's, I can't remember more than that. Anyway. So they do introduce this other character through conversation, Mance Raider, Mm -hmm. uh, who's the king beyond the wall. Apparently he's got a, an army bigger than any of the Southern armies. Um, and he, we learned through this, was a brother of the Night's Watch who is not is not any longer obviously. Right. So we don't know anything you know much else about his story other than he's apparently gathered an army, and the only place to march when you're all the way north. all the way north is south, and so it's already building this other storyline, um, which that's what they do they they keep on building, keep building, just keep introducing stuff. Um, don't let you sit down, have a rest learn anything well let's kill ned and then let's introduce it not just a new character but just a whole new storyline because that storyline isn't over 
the Starks and the, with the, it's just, it, they didn't just replace a character with another interesting character. They just said, here's a whole new storyline to learn. Yep. Um, so anyway, we'll see how that unfolds. Um, but they, they did that a few times this episode. They did. Yeah. And, um, and I don't know, Craster did talk about John being prettier than half of his daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's obviously, he feels threatened by John a little bit in regard to his daughter wives. Um, I wrote on my notes that, uh, John, John's cute. John, yeah. John, John looks real cute in this Craster's episode. Craster's not wrong. Craster finds him attractive. And I, I don't know that I agree with many things that Craster's about, but John, John looked good in this episode. All right. Um, just me. No, I said, yeah. Yeah. So then, obviously, Kit Harrington is an extremely attractive human. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and when he opens his mouth and this this accent comes out, you're like, God damn it! Like, so I, annoying. What am I supposed to do? I'm sitting here fat, drinking wine with high waters on, and and I'm bald. Like, what am I doing? Not you know that. Not, you know what? <laughs> you're pretty close. Not what Kit Harrington's doing. I'll tell you that. It, you're pretty close. There's a resemblance there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> when your mouth opens and your accent comes out, mm, mm. I think, oof, oof. Ooh, Nick Holmes. Drink more wine, please. <laughs> Spill it on yours. Go ahead. Oh, God. <laughs> Let that dribble down your chin. <laughs> um, so anyway, there's there's some tension in the in the cabin thing. It does it looks like a makeshift, just like a, a barn. billion, yeah. Uh, he seems pretty confident that he's going to be able to outlast whatever miserable winter's coming. Um, Keith. Like Keith. <laughs> um, I hope I'm not miserable. Well, you're not a miserable winter. Okay. But you, you're a winter who's coming, and so... No, but I'm here already. <laughs> I know, Keith. But okay. It's less fun to say it that way. I see. It's it's probably worse when I say it that way, though. Right. Keith, you already came? No, you, you just like say, that more? No, you're here. No, yeah. I can't do that. You arrived. Because I've got to continue with the coming thing. I Oh, uh, I see. So... I didn't. I didn't piece those. Which together. do you prefer? Keith? I, oh, thought, like I thought you coming. just. Yeah, I thought you just were talking about me being here. Which do you prefer? Me talking about you coming or you came? Uh, you got to pick one. I'm gonna say neither. You have to pick one. I'm gonna pull a Nick here and just not. I'm gonna. I will sit here. Back on this. to Craster. No, nope. it's fine. <laughs> uh, so there is some tension growing in the, the room here. The currently. whatever this is and the studio. Uh, the studio. And do you want to talk about America? <laughs> Our Lord and Savior America. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so afterwards, there's a, a brief moment of tension I don't think with. He is. He's me? not sorry. Right. Yeah, he's saying he doesn't think you're sorry. I'm happy to talk about yeah. it. Um, then Mormont is obviously frustrated with John, and he's trying to help him understand. Like, there's more at stake than one brief interaction with one human being. There's a lot going on here. Do you want to lead? Do you want to command people? Do you want to be someone who is in charge of shit? If so, you got to learn to follow. Um, so anyway, I just thought that that was a moment where maybe uh, other than the scene where he gives him the sword, this is probably the next strongest solidifier for that does seem to be Mormont's plan. Right. That really, because they did it with the sword, but um, you know, John didn't seem to be thoroughly convinced when Sam was talking to him about like, dude, I think that this is probably what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they're continuing to seemingly, in my opinion, solidify that that is what they see, what Mormont seems to be doing. That does seem to be his game plan. And he's trying to get it through John's stubborn, beautiful head 
that like, dude, you've got to, you've got to look at this differently. You can't take everything so personally like I do as a human being. Uh, you've got to, you know, be able to to pull back and look at the bigger picture because all of these things have more significance. He didn't say it in that many words, but that right. seemed to be no, his. He turned into John Michael Montgomery and it went, life's a dance. You learn as you go. Sometimes you lead. Sometimes you follow. Nobody? I don't know. Nobody? Life's a dance. You learn as you go. Oh, is this a country Sometimes thing? you lead. Yeah. Sometimes you follow. I was. Don't worry about what you don't know. Life's a dance. You learn as you go. Yeah. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate that. I was never going to understand that reference. You know well, that, really? right? I, mean, I don't know. Do you like said, old country? You That's kind of old. It's like, you know, early 2000s country. That's Maybe late 90s. That sounded rough. Well, that, that was just me. No, I thought it sounded pretty good. <laughs> that was just me. <laughs> um, but life is pretty a dance. all right. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that's what that's what Mormont's telling John there is that life's a dance. You learn as you go. Right. You know. Sometimes you lead. Sometimes you follow. Sing it again. Nope. <laughs> you can just rewind it back a little bit if you want to hear. <laughs> then we. I had a really funny joke about Sam being a wizard. Go ahead. No, it's it's the end. No, we're here. That was it. No, I was just going to start it with. I have a really funny joke. <laughs> it was really a joke. More of me just. <laughs> just I wanted to joke. comment about how Sam was a wizard because he guessed it correctly. You're that, a wizard, Harry. That yeah. was it. That literally, yeah. I'm really good at this podcast thing. I don't know if you've learned that this is my second season. Okay. So if you need more tips. I love it. I'm excited for how to, to add a fourth guest right. or a fourth host to the to the mix. How about this? Mm-hmm. How about because you're so good at podcasting, right. how about you tell us what the next scene is? Do not remember. It's new. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that the, the lady <laughs> with yep. all the fire, all the new gods on fire? Yep. So yeah. we are in a place called Dragonstone. Yes, and it was a new thing on the yeah. Were, yeah, on the intro, and I was very excited about that. Yeah, so Dragonstone is where they are. That's uh, Which makes sense because that's where the Dragonstone thing was. We yep. panned down from it at the beginning of the shot. Right, um, and we've already heard of Dragonstone before. Do you remember where we've heard of Dragonstone? Oh, I don't. So... Danny and Viser- I think Viserys was he talking to Danny or was he talking to Jiqui? I'm not sure. He's I don't talking think about they mentioned Dragonstone. But they do. Okay. They did. They somebody I can't remember who it was. Talk. It might. It might not have even been either of them. It may have been. You know who else it may have been was uh, someone on the small council talking with Robert about it and about the story of the Targaryen children. On Dragonstone, anyway. Yeah, that's I like being here with Nick, not knowing about Dragonstone because I know it makes about me feel well, right, but you don't remember Dragonstone. I don't remember them bringing it mentioned. up, but but yeah, it must have been mentioned. Just in it makes passing. me feel less dumb. It was really brief, but it it stuck with me because it was one of those things where I was like, I don't want to talk about this when it come, you yeah. know, when it came up because I didn't want to put money in the spoiler jar. So we have heard of Dragonstone before. Mm. The Targaryens had a connection to Dragonstone. Um, and I think that we'll dive into it more as the show goes on, but I just didn't know if you had picked that up because it was a brief in passing thing. Um, Dragonstone just sounded cool. So it stuck with me. Dragonstone Z. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into I've actually it. never heard someone make that reference. That's uh, good. I, when, uh, so when Robert took the throne, the Baratheons are the Lords of Storm's End, yes. which is, a, yeah. So when Robert took the throne, he's no longer the Lord of Storm's End. He's, the king, uh, he had two brothers, so he 
he gave Storm's End to Renly, made him the Lord of Storm's End, and then uh, and then um, uh, Stannis. Stannis was given Dragonstone, which was the Targaryen seat. That was where their main fortress was, and now that's obviously vacated because of Robert. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gives that to to Stannis, and th- so that's where we go. Stannis is is the Lord of Dragonstone. He and and obviously and probably the rightful king. Yeah, I mean, based on what at least what Ned believes, and we know that you're a Ned fanboy, um, that Stannis is the rightful heir, right? Rightful claim to the throne. Also, a big Stannis fan, not as big a show Stannis fan, but but a big big Stannis fan in general. Stan, Stannis. (laughs) I've never really understood that. I've seen it on the internet, and I don't get it. I don't get it either. I just know that that's. You can't the word clarify. It's like no cap, or I don't like understand bet. that one either. That means like I'm not lying. Oh, bet I believe also means you like you got it. Yeah, bet bets like yeah, bets like bet. yeah, no I cap. Agree. Like okay, um, dead ass, dead ass. Yeah, I, I got all the <laughs> slang. First curse word by Keith. <laughs> you're a lot cooler than me. Dead ass isn't really. Give him a, I think I've said a bleep button up there. <laughs> I think I've said ass once before. Well, now you said it again. Bryce, ah, we tricked you. Team winner is coming. Uh, so, so we get this really weird scene where we do pan down. We see the things on fire. Dragonstone. Oh, yeah. Um, but then we see some shit. Which, by the way, beach bonfires are the bomb. Beach bonfires are awesome. Yeah, but beach bonfires like this are very culty. These that's what I was that's what I was gonna get into. This does have that feel. This right. is different than my experience with beach bonfires. Mine was a bunch of drunk college students mm-hmm. uh, on spring break, just with probably what I would imagine are very illegal fires. Oh, yeah. spring out. Probably not uh, burning effigies of anything. No, we weren't burning anything other than just trash and cigarette boxes that after we'd smoked them all and then just wood. Like that was it. Uh, See, this is why I'm surprised you don't know about country music. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's what it's all about. Um, I think that was a country song. Just, we that was up in your regular That's woods. a Luke Bryan song right there. Panama City Beach. Yeah. Um. Anyway, beach fires I think are the best fires. Best friends in a pickup truck. Panama City bound. Okay. Mm. You don't know any. I of don't this, know man. any of this. I invited you to the concert actually. Um. I did not want to go. Probably. I didn't get an invite. Um, I didn't know you. Well, I've been to your house at the time, but I right. didn't know but you. I don't know, if, I don't know if you knew this. You've been to my house once before. I knew that. <laughs> you probably forgot it. <laughs> I didn't forget. But Keith definitely did. Right. Your house. So it is... With lots and lots of rooms. It's a little strange to roll up. No, 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 <laughs> no. I will quit this podcast. Where we can we, play no, football. I will quit this fucking show right now if we do that. I'll quit it. Right now, I, I own the house though. My dad didn't help me. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's stuck uh, in my yeah. head. I will quit the show. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. God, my witness. <laughs> yeah, it's stuck in my head. God, I hate this. Um, so it is strange. We we don't really know what's going on until we finally get there. Uh, and they're they're having a beach bonfire, but they are burning. The gods, <laughs> or at least the 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 visual representation of the gods, and we're introduced to the Lord of Light. Mm. Um, also, doesn't sound culty at all. I think it sounds awesome. What's his? What's the actual? What's the Valyrian name? Is it like Rior or something like that? Rumsburg? Rior. Rior. I yeah. believe so. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the Lord of Lights definitely sounds like a. Uh, 
<laughs> a demon <laughs> a demon has come down and is trying to trick people into worship him. And yeah. He's called himself the Lord of Lights. Um so it's funny she, you think that. <laughs> Melisandra um thank you. is talking a little bit about the <sighs> the new woman that we have not yet met. Yeah. The the hot chicken red. Yeah. yeah. Um, the very main lady character. In red. <laughs> oh god, that was bad. Is this another country song? <laughs> no, no you don't know Lady in red? red? Lady in red? No. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it's Melisandre. <laughs> um so she's referred to as the red woman often um but she is obviously a servant of the Lord of Light. And she she's talking a little bit about this. It's it almost feels like mythology a little bit, um, and kind of the some of the like folklore behind the Lord of Light and and Lightbringer and kind of this whole thing. Anyway, she, what she's doing is obviously propping up Stannis to to have more significance than just. I'm the rightful heir to the throne, right. but kind of a, a, he has a divine divine. Imperative. Exactly. And we see that the uh, maester, I don't even know his name. Do you know his name? That's uh, in the books. Yeah. He's dead yeah, now. It's fine. He doesn't yeah, last he died in like eight minutes, uh, which is a badass scene that I can't wait to get to. Um, he is very upset about it. He's talking to this other guy that whose name is Davos. Um, who doesn't seem to Sir Davos that's to a, you, that's motherfucker? A bad guy's name. I don't. Is he Sir yet? Yeah, he was knighted. Uh, he was knighted by, you know, Stannis basically because of his his role in the siege of Storm's End. When Stannis is holding Storm's End, Davos is smuggling in onions and other shit. Yeah, onions basically. Yeah, and he's the Onion Knight, Sir Davos. Yes, Sir Davos the Onion Knight. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So Sir, Sir Davos to you, motherfucker. Okay. Titles, so titles, titles. Davos. I think Davos is a bad guy from Doctor Who. Um, Never watched it. I tried. I'm sorry. Couldn't get into it. Um, I'll watch so it with you. I don't want to watch it. No, thanks. No, we'll, we'll do it. Well, you can watch Dragon Ball Z if you right want. Right now. I'm, I'm fine with that, too. Mm, okay. So anyway. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Davos doesn't seem to be... Sir Davos. Super, Jesus. Super thrilled about what's going on. But he also doesn't seem to be as urgently against it as the Maester. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just kind of lets that shit happen. Well, Davos has a really cool... Sir like, Davos. Like, yeah, sir. Sorry. <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir Davos has a really cool like mic drop line where it's like, after right after that, where he's like, you got to tell Stannis the truth. And Davos says, what's the truth? Boom. Like, whose gods are real? Like this one? That one? I don't know. No one's Should listening. Should we take yeah. a moment? To unpack that, we're talking about Westeros. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can, if you want, and no, we can also circle around to talk about America. I don't want to do that either. We can do a lot of stuff. Well, when you know, see one set of footprints, is where the Lord of uh, Light was carried you. carried me yeah, <laughs> when it got hard. <laughs> they were on a beach. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God, this is the worst. Uh, I'm trying to make it through this, so. Go ahead. You're you, making it so is so is everyone you're else. Justin. It bad. So anyway, they have this moment where he he kind of steps up to the red woman and she's like, "Well, stop me then." <laughs> and puts him on just full display and he doesn't rise to the occasion. He, he ain't going to do shit. You ain't going to do shit. Everybody knows that. Everybody big knows that's big dick B. 
You know what that is? Kind of. It's a really funny YouTube video. Um. Anyway, with the guy's name in Pokemon, it's it's good. Um. So he, he backs down. Uh. Melisandre is kind of introducing the the Lord of Light. She's introducing uh, Lightbringer. She's talking about Stannis's claim. Um. And how like the the folklore around the sword, and he'll pull out the fiery sword and all this stuff. Then. Uh, he does go pull out a sword that was obviously placed right. there. Was that it, or was that just symbolism of the real thing? I don't feel comfortable answering that question. That's fair. I just felt oh, like... I was about to fucking answer it. <laughs> Justin. I'm sorry. Jeez. I, here, I have to remodel my bathroom. I was like, did you see my hands? I was like, well, actually... Here's the problem. <laughs> I really want to preserve your watching experience. I, I appreciate that. Now, did you find that scene weird? Because he did pull out, and clearly you don't know how to... You, you've never seen someone pull out, so like, <laughs> is that... Was that weird? Um, I'm not super you familiar, not familiar with, with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you have, has it been burning? I've No, I've only had sex three <laughs> times in my whole well, life. We're talking about sex. Three I thought we were three. talking about swords. He's talking about pulling out. Oh, I thought we were talking about like sword and stone type I was thing. talking about both. No, oh. he was definitely referring to the fact that I have three children. Oh, I completely missed it. Uh, I, I you're s- not familiar with the <laughs> technique. I'm not. Um, I've had sex three times in my life. And um, I'm not super familiar with how that works. So it was good to learn. Yeah, well, now you do. But the problem is I didn't really understand how that would translate to me doing it. Also, what Keith said, if it's burning when you do pull it out. That feels problematic. Yeah, something's gone wrong. I don't think that I have to worry about that. (laughs) But we'll see. If it ever happens, I'll call you first. Yeah, You'll be the first person. I'll sing the song. Uh, from the Lonely Island, I just had sex. Can you can you like link us on that song or call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll three way. All right, with Thanks. you guys after I perfect. You know, right? And then I'll play the song. I just had sex, and I'll mm-hmm. I'll sing Keep. all of the Akon parts. That's what I was wanting. And then I will say, and also remember that episode of Game of Thrones, season two, episode one. Stannis taught me how to do where it. Where Stannis pulls out a firing, a fiery sword. Right. I also just pulled out a fiery sword. Can you help me? Yes. <laughs> we'll send you antibiotics. <laughs> so anyway, it's a brief moment. Um, there, Davos uh, goes and I don't know if you either of you really noticed it i'm sure you have with your 38 rewatches but he does the sword he does go like collect the sword at the end it kind of just felt like when the maester came up and was like ready to cause some trouble davos was like dude we just kind of have to let this happen it just is a formality stannis obviously is about this and he's our king so we just have to do this and then his action of just like everybody left and he was like i gotta clean this shit up i gotta take the sword like it just kind of had that like I'm just going along with this because my king is about it. Yeah, the whole scene for me felt like, well, I guess, I guess this is what we're doing right now. Like, there weren't. It didn't seem like there were a ton of people out there. It didn't seem like anyone was into it except for Stannis and and this new lady, like Melisandre. Well, everyone's chanting. Lots of people chanting the the night is dark, full of terrors, which is a pretty good yeah. line. Yeah, by the no, way. it's a great line. Also. We've clearly been pronouncing Baratheon wrong this whole time. Baratheon. It's Baratheon. I don't know. if Did you catch that? I mean, is this like an Aang Ong situation yes. where the people who are talking don't actually understand what they're saying? Uh, No, it's just everyone else has been wrong and the red woman's right. 
Everyone has different. That's what we like about it. Everyone has different dialects, different accents, different ways that they say that. She's clearly foreign, so to speak, like a little bit. And so, I, you know, I think that's just her kind of pronouncing that O-N a lot. We just kind of run right through it. She's just, she's just hitting it really hard. She is hitting it real hard. She does get an honorable mention for Fire for the Week. That's fair. She looks great. Also, all of the old gods. All the old gods are burning. Because they're on Actually, fire. that's, oh, I get that's that. good one. That's what? the new gods. Good one. Thank you. I mean, but, the new gods? Well, Wait, did but, I miss a joke? No, no, no. Yeah, he said that they, they were a fire fit. They were the they fire, were fire fit because they were on fire. Uh, I did miss that. Right. I totally missed that. But if that. I messed it up and those were the new gods. Actually, the the new. Ma- no, they are the new gods, but they are their old gods, if that makes sense. Okay, like, so we've got the old gods, we've got the new gods, and then we've got this Lord of Light who is correct. A, not who's part a, of the new god correct. pantheon. Correct. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So, but for clarity's sake, they are who have up until this point been referred to as new, new gods. gods. You're right. correct. But the maester, are, the maester actually says later, like, oh, you, you know, the old gods. Like, it's it's more of like a lowercase the. Got it. There, so it's like, their old gods, like yeah. you're saying, not the like old our gods. old gods. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So anyway, then we then we get into uh, another small council meeting, but this time it's Stannis' small council, or group of people we don't really know who these people are but it would i would imagine this is some kind of council some kind of council meeting stannis council and they are writing a letter and this is one of my favorite i think that it really they because i've read the books obviously they do a really good job of showing because they missed the mark a lot in the show with showing stannis i think i think Mm -hmm. that they really missed the mark on stannis and the writing of the show in the books this is probably the closest glimpse that we get into Stannis because he is he wants to be accurate and correct about everything, but he also wants to honor those who he's very like black and white. He's very yeah. it, it it is what it is. And and if someone is a knight, he talks about that with Jamie. Mm-hmm. He's sir, you know, whatever else he is, he's a not an anointed knight. He just spends the time to like correct people. I mean, it yeah, opens with my beloved brother Robert, and he said, "I didn't not, love him." <laughs> <laughs> not my beloved brother. I didn't love him. He didn't love me. Um, then he talks about you know the Kingslayer, call him what he is, and then he he like sits. The guy continues to read, and then then uh, Stannis wants to like go back and call, you know Sir Jamie, Sir Jamie Lannister, Lannister whatever else he is, the man still a knight. <laughs> um, and I. Th- you can you can add in some some to this. I thought that this was probably the closest I that agree. they ever really get to nailing Stannis's character from it's the It's a books. very Stannis conversation. Very much so. Yeah. Um you'll you, you know, you'll get to know show Stannis as we go on, but he yeah. is a different character than book Stannis, I think. Okay. Um but to the to the negative, you think. I I just I really do like book Stannis. Mm-hmm. Um I thought he's a very I don't want to give anything away. Compelling character. He's just. There's lots of people uh, that are pro Stannis. Like, there's a lot of people who show watchers who are pro Stannis. I just like. I think that they did a better job of fleshing him out in the books. Okay. And they left a lot out in the show. I, I think that that's the safest way to say that. Right. They just, just didn't like fully paint the character. So just that stuff we get. that like not necessarily important, but like for a person who reads the book, it's like oh, it's a. Kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah. It's I like the, it's like they gave us like a His personality s- is slightly different, um, but you'll see you'll see it as it as it unfolds. Yeah. I don't know if we can really we can't really talk too much it's, about it. That's fine. Um. So anyway, he does correct everybody. He has a line that I thought 
kind of amped me up a little bit mm. where he's talking about, you know, all the, you know, all the traders, you know, he's talking about Joffrey and Rinley and Rob Stark. And, you know, uh, he says they'll bend the knee or I'll destroy them. <laughs> he just says that he's very le- even keeled, very direct. And I just thought that that's a, that, that line kind of amps me up a little bit. Like we see someone who's on a mission he knows what he wants, and he's no nonsense. I can't imagine Joffrey just like Robert. If yeah, <laughs> if Joffrey were to deliver that line, we, we would, would laugh him out of the room. But Stan- yeah. I didn't feel that way with Stannis. I felt like well, Stannis is a proven military leader. Yeah, he is. He is battle tested. Whatever else he is, right? He's a proven leader. Correct. Also, the fact that he has a hundred thousand is that true? No, that's or is that someone? Man's Raider. You're thinking Man's Raider. No, no, no. That's Rinley. You're thinking about Rinley. Rinley has a the conversation that that Rob has later is not right. about Stannis. It's about Rinley, okay. who ran away with the Knight of Flowers. Right. We met him early on. He was on Robert Small Council. Yep. No, I remember. Stannis Rinley. was too, at some point, right? In the books, he did have a seat on the Small Council. I believe, probably like Master of Ships. Um, but he was then, never there. And then he, yeah, he left. Uh, like prior to Ned getting to the capital, because even in the books, he's it, Stannis isn't in isn't isn't in the first book, right? So, uh, yeah, so he's not there, but they, he does have a role on the small council. Um, I believe I want to say it's Master of Ships. That sounds right to me. Yeah. So I just thought that that it's one of those lines where it seems like they are trying to expedite a storyline a little bit, mm. like. We are just meeting this guy for the first time, and he's already talking about going to war posi- with everybody, positioning himself to go to war against yeah, it's all him the, versus all the players. everyone. Yeah. Um, what do you? How do you feel about Stannis? Uh, I didn't. I don't know. Like he, like you were saying, like he seems like a no, no nonsense person, but I feel like I didn't really get much of him other than the little bit that we talked about. Like, no, he's he's Sir Jamie. No, I didn't love my brother. Like. And then the again the the weird fire god scene, it just felt like it missed it for me a little bit. Like it didn't seem epic, didn't seem it seemed cool, but like it seemed less than it should have. And maybe that's the show, and the it's books the show yeah. are so much better. But what about the end of this scene where uh, yeah, you know, so the maester comes around with the he says, "Hey, I want to apologize. I made a mistake. Let's drink to well." This, did you the new did you god. catch the brief moment before that? Yeah, the when leader. they're these like, or was that Sir Davos? Yes, that's was Sir like, Davos. No, don't do that. Yeah, you saw him pull the little like poison yeah. capsule out of his mm-hmm. whatever that was, um, and Melisandre just drinks that and, shit. And Davos says like, "Don't, yeah, like, don't do that." Puts and, his hand on his shoulder to kind of signify like it's okay. Like I'm I'm gonna take one for the team here. He drinks some, and then Melisandre is just looking at him and keeps eye contact, and she just downs the entire rest of it. Well, she almost waits until he's starting to feel the effects of the poison, so that yeah, he knows his nose blood or starts bleeding. Right, so that she drinks, so that he knows that she knows, yeah, exactly what she's drinking. It was, and it's just like, watch this, bitch. That shit was hard. Yeah, was and awesome. and what the what the uh, directors uh, or the writer said in the inside the episode was that. This is this is us, or this is being you know showing that Melisandre's power is real. Like it's not it's not just you know this witch that like you know doing tricks and kind of sleight of hand or whatever, but it's real. Like she just drank the same glass that he drank, and the poison did nothing to her. Did nothing. 
she has a line kind of exiting this scene where she says to the dead maester, the night is dark and full of terrors and the fire burns them all away. But the fire burns them and all away. And I was like, damn, that's... that's yeah, it, well, it's the introduction of a new... So into season two, into uh, season one, we see the end of a storyline, which is Ned, and we are just introducing a whole new one, which was a storyline that Ned almost introduced himself by saying Stannis is the rightful king. That's who we need to do it. And I, th- I think it's a good move by Stannis here too, like writing the letter to every corner of the realm. Oh yeah. To m- let everybody know. He says, Ned Stark, I was the only one he told I won't make the same mistake. And he blasts that. He puts them on blast and just puts it out to everybody. I love it. He, we know nothing about him. He obviously has the moment where he wants this to be correct. Mm-hmm. But he's also totally unfazed by the power of the Lannisters, the the ferocity of the Starks, his little brother Renly. Like he doesn't give a shit. He's like, I'm I'm gonna send this to everybody, and it's th- this is their moment to kind of put their cards on the table and decide whose side are you on, who are you gonna support, and and then what's our next step. And well, we go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say that's also kind of the power of just being correct. Is like that's true. I don't know if other people view him as this, but like if you get this letter from Stannis, is this like, oh, this is probably true, right? Yeah, Stannis doesn't Stannis doesn't bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we and then we see the rest of the rest of the episode, almost everyone's reaction to that. Yeah, Joffrey's, they do kind of Robs, you know, yeah. That that is kind of how they finish the episode. Is this is a pivotal moment where now everything else is is kind of the aftermath of his decision to to put this on blast. The next scene is in Rob's camp, him and Jamie, the Kingslayer. Powerful entrance. Oh my for, god! In season two of Rob Stark. However, why uh, no real wolves anymore? Because you can't have that big of. They have to be. Well, yeah, but like, CGI'd. were they babies? Like a few weeks ago. That's the dire wolf. No. no but I mean, mean, like, they had their wolves. They've talked about... In season one. That's his wolf. Right. But, like, now it's a giant CGI but dire wolf. But that's the dire wolf. That's yeah. kind of the struggle that I kind of talked about. I think it was in the last episode about the timeline. They don't do a good job of explaining how much time has passed. It's been a while. At least one week. It's been at least one week. <laughs> um, well, if you're watching along with the with the series... It's been about a year. I mean, usually the se- the ep- the season would end around beginning of June ish, middle of June, and then you'd get a new season April. Um, so almost a year as far as that goes. That's why they look like Joffrey looks much older in yeah. season two than he did in season one. Well, that's because people right. age, but right. the storyline is. I mean, animals obviously develop a lot faster than humans, right? But it, there's been enough time to where not only are we seeing gray wind be a grown-up direwolf but we we saw when they were talking about the battle of whispering wood this monster basically wreaking havoc throughout the battle there was a wolf here there was a wolf there it killed all these people all these horses that had to be a full-grown wolf and in episode one cat does cat does introduce you to that idea a little bit because she she sees brand's wolf uh she sees summer and she said gods do they grow fast you know like that 
that's a little bit of an introduction to the fact that like they don't they don't mature at the same rate as a typical wolf would because they are going to grow so large. I guess that's fair because yeah. remembering the wolf from the first episode, yeah, that, that was thing dead. was giant, it was yeah. huge, right? Okay, and we saw Summer in the scene where Summer uh, kills the would be assassin. Uh, you know, eats his throat. Mm-hmm. He was significantly bigger than a little wolf puppy. Uh, what are they called? Cubs? Wolf cub? Wolf pups? Mm, wolf pups? pups yeah. yeah. Well, and so that I thought that was a full grown, but I also again, yeah, no, I have no idea yeah. how time that would that would have been a full grown wolf, right? But oh, yeah, Grey Wind the, is a full grown dire, dire wolf. wolf. Okay. Um, and so that's a that's it's an just awesome not possible scene. for them to not do that CGI. I mean, we don't have. Oh dire no, wolves totally. Yet. I just. Before that, I thought that there were trying to be like, these wolves are fully grown wolves now. I see. You thought that when we saw Summer and and And, and Ghost, any of the other wolves, Ghost, yeah. yeah. I thought, oh, Ghost is fully grown up now. No. I don't know how long time. Yeah, how I also think Grey Wind has a different, like, because so everybody, I mean, different people and different families are bigger than other things. Right. You know, like, I think Grey Wind... They even said, like, you know, that's the run of the litter. Run to the litter. That's yours, though. To ghosts. Yeah, mm-hmm. about ghosts. So, I mean, but Grey Wind is clearly the most powerful and the largest of these, the wolves at right. the moment. And uh, he is fucking huge. It's, well, he, it's scary. The it's all, a, bla- all gray and black. Yeah. Oh, man. Are we to that scene with Rob? That's where, yeah, okay. that's yeah. what we're getting if, into. If this is a spoiler, don't answer. Like, are is this fully grown? This is pretty grown. I'll take that spoiler. Yes. <laughs> okay. Because like his mom was a lot bigger, right? The dead one at the at the beginning of the show was bigger than Grey Wind is now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Grey Wind's pretty huge. He was like up to Rob's chest. I don't think he's fully grown. Okay. That's about the biggest we ever see, though. Again, I'll take the spoiler. It's not. It's not. No. Okay. We. Will, I'll tell you about it later. You heard it here first, folks. It's not fully grown. Then I'm not taking that goddamn spoiler. You don't have to. It's pretty grown. (laughs) I wasn't trying to bait you on that. I was just No, I, I, yeah. It's pretty grown. Right. (laughs) Well, Grey Wind is big enough to be like, (laughs) holy shit. Bigger than a wolf. Yeah, Yeah. and that, and and Jamie gives you that holy shit look when, you know, you don't, you don't see him right away. You just, you see Jamie kind of tracking him as he's walking around and then all of a sudden Grey Wind's sitting by Rob and it's like, you know, you may be killed by a boy. We have another Fire Fit of the Week honorable mention. King Rob Stark. I feel like Emma's gonna be happy. King of the North. I feel like the King of the North is probably always gonna be at, at the very least honorable mention. Um, I almost gave it to him this week. It's a very um, different style. It is a different style. He looks badass. And do you remember like like when you're creating your like Microsoft your Xbox avatar and you can like add other shit to it? Mm-hmm. You could add a pet, right? That increases the like badassness of your like character that you create that's why i have a dragon on mine and exactly and much like a dragon would make you cooler gray wind is a part of rob's fire fit and it's pretty dope i almost gave it to him but i did feel like cersei edged him out a little bit she looked great um i thought that yeah i thought that's fair it was pretty close though i appreciate the honorable mention yeah um Rob, Rob and Rob's my guy. I felt like I couldn't just give Rob all the props all the time. Um, it's really easy for me to well, do. He hasn't had a fire pit yet. He hasn't. Um, so anyway, they have a brief conversation. Um, you know where Rob's talking about 
he says, you've been defeated by a boy. You're held captive by a boy. Maybe you'll be killed by a boy. And that's when Grey Wind, that's when he makes his appearance. Yeah. Uh, and it's just so ferocious. Um, and then Rob walks off. And you did you notice when he when Rob touched Grey Wind's back mm-hmm. and kind of like you could feel that he was kind of manipulating the movement of Grey Wind in that moment, kind of almost like giving him a command it's so crazy the connection that it seems that they have where Grey Wind knew this is a moment to like show this guy what could happen, but I don't want you to fuck him up. Right. Um, well, I think that speaks to just how powerful quote unquote Rob is in this moment too. Cause like yeah. this boy is controlling this dire wolf that like Jamie's visibly shook by very, very. And we've not seen that from Jamie at any point. Right. Even when Rob walks in initially, he's smug He's he's jabbing at Rob. He's trying to, you know, he calls him boy. He he is doesn't give a shit. He has no respect, but then Grey Wind changes the playing field a little bit. I love Jamie. Like the way that the way that uh that he portrays Jamie. I just so love good. that. He he even does it well like, "Oh, don't like being called boy. You're insulted." Like he's like kind of so, just like yeah. makes fun of him like, "Oh, you're insulted." To his face. Yeah. And then Grey Wind shows up and it's like, "Okay, you're okay." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there's there's one other thing that I thought that was a really good line to kind of show Rob's development as a leader and his just power. Uh, Jamie's talking about Tywin, and you obviously, you know, if you think that, you know, he's going to trade two girls for, you know, his, like, you don't know him. And uh, Rob says, uh, well, he's starting to know me. <laughs> and I just thought, like, Okay. Mm. Well, and, and when yeah, and, yeah, that is. And then Jamie says later, like, you keep tr- keep waiting for you to leave me at a at a at a castle or a hold fast or whatever. But you keep you know dragging me around. And he says, you know, Rob says, yeah, I'm not going to leave you there because I don't want to put my bannerman in that position of getting a letter that says release my son or and and your wildest dreams will come true or 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 we'll destroy your house root and stem. And Rob says back, you know, uh, he says, I don't trust them, you know, basically trust them to do that. Or I don't want to put in that, put them in that position. And Jamie's like, you don't trust them in following you. That's, that's, you know, you don't trust their loyalty. And he says, no, I trust them with my life. I don't, I just don't trust them with yours. That's a great line. And that's a great mentality is that, look, I can trust these people and still know what the best move is to do. Yeah. I'm not going to put them in a position where they have to, have their loyalty tested because that's foolish of me as a leader. Right. Um, it opens the door for potentially something to happen and I don't I don't want to do that. And I also just want to be extra safe because you're that that valuable to me. Yeah, there's eighteen thousand people around you like yeah. you can't really treason that Jamie, very well. Jamie's tried to test Rob before when he was talking about let's do this one on one, me versus you. You know, he's trying to And Rob's two for two. He's trying to find a weakness in the armor of Rob in his maturity, his leadership, and he just can't. He's yeah, like you said, Rob's two for two in in deflecting those and showing that he's he's mature enough to to handle this and be a king. So then we go to King, back to King's Landing. We see Tyrion and Shay in what's a pretty throwaway scene, I think, um, except for she says that. Uh, you know, the city smells like dead bodies, dead bodies and cum. And he says, <laughs> and rum, it, he says, you could smell cum from the balcony. <laughs> it <laughs> was pretty funny. So funny. Um, 
And then, yeah, then they have the where she's like, the city, you know, makes me want to fuck. And so did the country. So did the country. Uh, so anyway, it's a pretty throwaway scene. It does show that Tyrion definitely did bring her, um, much to the frustration, I'm sure, in the future of Tywin, um, if we make it that far. And I just, I, anyway, toss away scene, but I wanted to at least mention it. Then we, then we go to still in King's Landing, what is not a throwaway scene, and that is Littlefinger and Cersei. Oh, yes. I do want to mention, this didn't make the official honorable mention list, but it's worthy of less than honorable mention. Littlefinger has a pretty great outfit, too. He kind of always looks nice, um, mm-hmm. but I did like the pattern on his, on his jacket. Fair. Um, but there were so many other good ones that it didn't quite get the the honorable tag before the mention. It just got third team. It just got basic. Yeah, just just got basic, uh, mention. So anyway, uh, then it's a really cool scene. Obviously, Littlefinger just to her face. So Cersei is asking asking Littlefinger like, "Hey, have you heard about Arya? Have you heard anything from Arya?" He basically says no. Um, and then she like kind of pokes at him that look if you if you find her obviously that's going to be something that you know Lannister's in debt you know I'm sure you heard the the phrase uh and and then she kind of pokes at him like you know you self-made self-made sigil for a self-made man uh you you know I heard this little story about a boy who got in tight with a powerful family and worked his way up and all that and then Littlefinger just puts it right back in straight her face. to her face. He that's a scary moment. Bad idea. Bad idea to to talk to the queen about what is I'm sure a sensitive subject, especially at this point where now everyone's learning this. I'm sure she's not thrilled about that, and he doesn't care. He pretty much is like, well, you know, especially with brothers and sisters. And I was like, oh my god, he really did that to her face. Yeah. And, you know, then he then he talks about knowledge is power. And she has what I think is the most badass display of power up in the show up to yes. this point. Keith, did you think Littlefinger was done? Did I you? didn't think he was done, but I was like, Man, that was stupid. Yeah. And and you learned it was stupid. But well, when, and then she, when she says that. cut his throat, like I, th- I was like, oh, shit. When she said seize him, yeah. my thought was. See ya. Well, it's been nice knowing you. He gone. He gone. Um, and then she just flexes her giant fucking biceps. And and she gives all these commands. Oh, wait. I've changed my mind. Let him go. Then she tells him to turn around three steps, three paces backwards. Close your eyes. It's just. And then she looks at him and says, power is power. Ooh. Uh, did you have subtitles in that scene? Yes. Okay, good. Because there's it's it's really hard. If you don't have subtitles on, it's hard to hear that dialogue over the sound of her dick slapping on the table. Mm. That is a loud slap, and it's one of those that goes plop, plop. And it bounces like just, a few times. Yeah. Holy cow. She was she was not messing around. Mine could never. <laughs> <laughs> but she just lays it all out there. And and I, honestly, it it I think quite I, quite the big dick energy it elevated her power level even even more like cersei has been in this weird kind of kind of like void in the in the structure where i don't really know that she knows where she fits um she's now the widow she's the queen regent she but then joffrey's crowned and 
he's not someone who's like really gives a shit. And now Tyrion's here Tyrion, talking shit. And yeah. and t- they even have that moment where Tyrion mentions to her earlier on about like it how does it feel to be the disappointing child? Yeah. Like <laughs> So she probably has found herself wondering, like, what what's my role? And this elevated her power in my mind. Oh yeah. Um, obviously it was only with Littlefinger, but Littlefinger's a player. Littlefinger has has some influence, and I feel like that's a moment that's gonna stick with him for a while. Mm-hmm. Did you have any other anything else that stuck out to you or any other thoughts to add on that? No, I, I really like that scene. I like the power is power move that she pulled there. Crazy. It was, it was very good. It was awesome. Uh, I definitely thought he was done for. And I was, were you glad that she let him go or were you? I have mixed feelings about him now. Like I really liked him at the beginning and I still like him. Like he's a cool character. I hate that he betrayed Ned the way that he did. Yeah. It, knowing a little bit more about him now, like it makes sense. It fits his character. But a, yeah, he did tell me. It still sucks. He, yeah. did, he told him straight up. Yep. Don't trust me. Yeah. He's a sleazeball, but he's a fun sleazeball. Like he's interesting. Yeah. Um. Then we go back to Rob's camp. And he's basically giving his peace terms. Um, and he's asking for a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he sends off the little little boy. Little Lannister. But Lannister. as he's as he's kind of giving his peace terms, everyone else in the tent kind of breaks out in a brief the king in the north chant. And I just every time they do that, I just feel a little bit of warmth inside of me, inside of my cold dead heart. Oh, I was thinking it was a little South of the border. Oh, a little warmth there too. Yeah, yeah. A little tingly. Um, a little tingly down there. Um, Could you pee? Uh, we'll tell you when you're older. Okay. Wait, wait till you grow up a little bit. Nice. Um, he mentions that uh, in the north. Like if they <laughs> and it, and if they don't accept these terms, I will litter the south with Lannister dead. That's a good one. It's another power That's line good from Rob. He's just. He's checking all my boxes. Rob had confidence going in, but but you could tell that there was confidence, but also a little bit of like um, trepidation. Shoot, I don't want to make yeah. God, go. I was going to say apprehension. I, I don't want to make like the wrong decision. Loser. You know, here am I, is this the right one? Should I cross here? Should I give that to Walter Frey? And now Rob is just like, this is my move. That's my move. This is it. And if you don't like it, I'm gonna fuck you up. Well, there's got to be some confidence built from defeating yeah. Lannister three different times. Exactly. And carrying around one of their sons, and yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, other than he's Tywin, well. other than Tywin, probably the most important. Tyrion says it. I don't know if you noticed, but he's winning. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that was awesome. You know, power move by Rob. Then he's having a conversation with Cat, where she's like, well, "I guess you don't need me anymore. I'm gonna head on back to Winterfell." And he's like, "Actually, you're gonna ride south to Storm's End." Well, yeah. Briefly between that. Uh, Dion approaches him about going to talk to his dad, Balon Greyjoy, about siding with them, giving Rob his ships, that kind of stuff. Cat is warning him against that, and then yeah, and then obviously he says, yeah. "Okay, Cat, you're gonna you're riding south tomorrow, and to Renly and talk to Renly. You know him, all that kind of stuff." How do you feel about Theon? Is he uh, grown, grown on you a little bit? No, he's not. He's just kind of a crabby guy who I think he's like, "Hey, I'm enjoying this power." I feel like he's the kind of yeah he's the kind of kid who like loves to grasp onto the coattails. Oh yeah, but he's he's showing Rob respect. I mean, totally. Yeah, he's not trying to help. Bad. He's he's trying to play his part. He just wants to have a significant part of it. If it feels very Littlefinger esque to me, Mm -hmm. he wants to be involved in a way that's meaningful. Um, But I I've just over the last couple episodes, I feel like 
Theon is not as much on the fuck list. Like this was a, their conversation where he was talking about, you know, he was kind of jabbing at Rob. Like it's not so, it's not so bad once you get used to it, you know, about the, the, your grace thing. Right. He seems supportive. I can imagine he's in a position of like hard, a hardship. Mm -hmm. He's not with his family. He is a, a, you know, a ward of the Starks. Like it can't be an easy position, but he's seeming to kind of handle it well. And obviously he has a good relationship with Rob. It's, it's, Hard not to, I think. I think I've seen any anybody that we've seen has a good relationship with Rob. He's a pretty right. likable guy. Yeah, the what's his name? He, the wolf tore three of his fingers off. Yeah, He's the like, great John. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> yeah. I love you. Uh, it does change things when you get your fingers ripped off, I think. But he came over to Rob's side, and yeah. he put him up as king of the north, and I respect him for that. I don't know. I almost like. I feel like if Jamie somehow offered Theon the right thing, Theon would turn. Maybe. Maybe. Is that a prediction? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Just, he seems like I don't trust going to his dad. Not from Theon, though. I just don't think that's a great idea. I, I know we got Kat the fan on and everything, on but it's get, it's a little hot in here after that take right there. That, I know. That, but was, also, yeah, I, I, I think he's just I think he's an opportunist more than anything. Okay. That's fair. Um. So, yeah, then after that, uh, Rob does break the news that she's going to be headed to Storm's End, um, and she's going to approach Renly. I thought that this was an interesting strategy move. I mentioned it to you when yeah, we, we were watching. Um, why do you think he chose Renly over Stannis? As opposed, like, in regard to approaching somebody about... I'm guessing it's the numbers. Yeah, it has to be, right? Yeah, anyone who's rocking around the 100,000 men. Yeah. You want to align them, yourselves with them. Now, we know from Stannis, because we saw how he felt about things earlier in the episode, but he w wouldn't have been excited about a, a host of from the North. Right. And anyway, so if it is the right move by Rob, because we already know that one of them would have been a no, and that's not the one that he went with. Mm -hmm. Not for that reason, because Rob doesn't have any idea what how right. Stannis feels. But I just thought it was interesting because Ned was so dead set on Stannis. Now, he didn't have time or an yeah, opportunity to Yeah, I was going to say, did Rob that. know that? No, but... Yes. Yeah. He does know that, that Ned died because he thought uh, Stannis was the rightful king. N Rob does not believe that Ned was trying to... Especially now, at, having gotten that that letter about, uh, you know, about uh, Jamie and Cersei... You know, he knows that okay, that's that's the truth that my father died for. And he, he tells that and, to Jamie. Yeah, right. And he was and 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 clearly Ned was uh trying to have Stannis be the, the rightful king. But I think Rob with the the counsel of his of his peers knows that Stannis is not the one to approach about, hey, look, let's fight together here and we're fighting so that you can have your set your six kingdoms and we can have our, our one. So Rinley's um, gonna be the one that like lets them go. So away. he he sees he sees Rinley as the one that okay let's uh, uh, you know align with him, and we can we can talk him into we will fight together yeah. and and then at the end of the fighting you'll have six kingdoms in in Westeros and we will have the North, um you know and, and like like they want uh so and that's and that's Catelyn's job is to go down there and convince Rinley that we should fight together and you know when we do. We're going to be our own kingdom when mm -hmm. we get done. So you've met Renly. Right. Predictions. How do you think this is going to go? I think he might 
be open to it. It's possible that he isn't just because he has so many people and like, why do I need you? So, but, but if you had to pick based on what you've seen of Renly, do you feel like he's somebody who has that Stannis like, no, fuck you belief? Th- or do you feel so. like he's pretty, like, I think yeah, he, this is fair. He feels open to things. Yeah. Okay. But he also like, he doesn't seem like he cares. Like not in the way that Robert didn't care, but like he was like, I think I'm going to be, or I should be the king. Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, why shouldn't I? But not in the like Stannis, like I'll destroy them if they don't bow. Well, really, yeah. really, really that whole thing got kicked off from Loris. Right. Talking like to him. He, him he right? really even kind of responded with like, I'm so far down the line of succession that that's never even been a thought in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but Rinley sees himself as a reasonable uh, person, reasonable leader that sees how, you know, things can work together. People can work together for, for, you know, a common cause. Right. And understand that, that things can, things are, are fluid. It's not just black and white. Like Stannis sees it as black and white. Rinley sees that. And er, he, he, he believes that he sees that. So yeah, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, and I mean, he's probably easier to push over than Stannis is. Theoretically. Yeah. I mean, it can't be... He can't be harder to push over than Stannis based on what we've seen from Stannis. Right. Um, So then we find ourselves back in King's Landing with what is, I think, the greatest scene we've ever gotten because Joffrey gets the shit slapped out of him. Um, (laughs) We needed more of it. We did need more. He He gets slapped in episode two as well by Tyrion. Yeah, that didn't have as much. No. If there was a season of just Joffrey dying every episode, what we need is a montage of Joffrey like like a supercut, a supercut of Joffrey getting slapped. Like, well, slapped or like every time. I don't know if it happens more, but like when Sansa was about to push him off, like if we would have gotten like a what if, it just she pushed him off. That'd be odd. Like like bloopers, like some fan fiction. Yeah, they went ahead and filmed it and then like released that as like extra footage. Or like every time he could have died, like the tournament at the beginning of this episode, like one of the knights like accidentally hits him and he falls off the side. Or like, Sir Dantos like pulls out his sword and he's actually a really right. great warrior. He vomits into uh, Joffrey's, Joffrey's mouth and Joffrey dies from the wine. Oh man, that shit would have been awesome. Right. Just um, a whole season of that would be pretty great. <laughs> so we do get a pretty a pretty good moment, I think, between Cersei and Joffrey. First off, fuck Joffrey. Um, <laughs> Cersei's asking about what's going on in the throne room. He talks about how the Targaryens were conquerors. He wants to decorate the throne room to reflect that. Fuck you. You've done nothing. You're not a conqueror. What the fuck makes you think that you deserve that kind of power? Go fuck yourself. So anyway, with that said, um, they get into a little bit of dialogue and he kind of op- goes ahead and opens it up. I heard a d- disgusting rumor about you and Uncle, Uncle Jamie. Jamie. Yeah. And she's like, we didn't talk about this with Jamie. But it, it it just reminded me of it. Jamie had a a pretty good, good point logical Stannis. point about Stannis, where he mentioned that okay, that, yeah, the letter says that Stannis is the rightful heir. Don't you feel like it's pretty convenient that like that's his story? It discredits this. It puts him up, you know, without having to fight. Anyway, so then we get into this moment where she says our enemies will, will say anything. You know, no one believes it, and Joffrey says. Someone believes it. And then he's, I just, the lead up to the slap was powerful because he 
took a shot at his mom. Yeah. She goes, what are you, what are you saying? And he says, uh, I'm asking if, <laughs> if, uh, if my father got, when fucked other women, when he got tired, tired of, of you. you and she does not stand for that. The shit out of him. He has the best reaction. He screams like a 13 year old boy mm-hmm. and he's so mad, but also so confused. Like you can see in his face that he doesn't really know how to process what just happened. Did you guys? Did you guys ever get well uh, to that point? Did you guys ever get slapped when you were like a teenager or like anything no. like that? Not by I know that you, <laughs> but by by like your mother or like no, because men don't really slap, and so I understand you. Yeah, my were, dad, you were beat hand quite a bit. And hit I know with belts. I understand that. I'm talking about slapped by your hey, mother. Hey, Justin, I love you. Thanks, bud. Yeah, this isn't this isn't about you, okay? It, I did. You asked. Did you ever get <laughs> did slapped? You ever slap by I your actually mother? got the shit beat out did of me. Did you ever me. get slapped by your mother? I did get slapped by my mom. Yeah, okay. The best thing my mom ever did, though, was one time she threw literally a phone book at me. It was awesome. Wow. I dodged that's, it. Yeah. That's what makes well, it awesome. Well, that's a slow-moving thing. I kind of saw it coming. Like, can did you, you ever be- get slapped by your mother? No. Okay, your mom loved you. I was a good kid. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, no, my mom. My mom loved little, me too. How, how, okay. A little bit of both. How about that? I was a fine kid. I won't blame Justin fully for his. Uh, I won't victim blame here. I was a good kid. <laughs> I was sure, a shit. I'm sure they had their reasons. I would. Whoa. <laughs> All right. Whoa. Next week were on you Nick's apology corner. What were you wearing at the time? Was I asking for my dad to Ouch. beat beat me to the point of bleeding? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. God, it's it's a joke. Jeez. It's okay. Not, it's I'll not put particularly it funny to me. I'll put it on the apology corner. God damn it. <laughs> um. All right. No, but but so when I was when I was a teenager, uh. I remember vividly one time. There was one time where my mom called me a piss ant from downstairs, and I was upstairs. And you're a piss ant I, from downstairs. Like, stop acting like a little piss ant. I was like, "You're the piss ant," and like, but I was upstairs, so she couldn't really do anything. But there was one time where I, where I was standing, you know, face to face with her, and she called me a jackass. And just naturally, I said back, you're a jackass. And I swear to God, I didn't even have that first S in jackass out of my mouth where I was getting hit in the face by this, the fastest slap I've ever seen in my entire life. My mom has the hands of Floyd Mayweather. Apparently that reminds me of a really funny story. It's not funny, but it is kind of where my grandpa uh, was, they had had like family dinner with, you know, the extended family and his uncle was asked to like say grace or the prayer or whatever. And he said, good bread, good meat, Good God, let's eat at the family dinner. <laughs> so shortly, shortly after that, maybe the next dinner, like at my grandpa's house, his dad was like a very strict, very conservative, very like Seventh Day Adventist, right? No, different, oh, different one, different grandpa. Um, eighth day, <laughs> they're eighth day Adventist. <laughs> um, and he, his dad was very like, um, you don't do anything like disrespectful or anything, you know, in relation to like God. And so he found that offensive that it, that like the crazy uncle a, did that. Yeah. So then a my grown man. <laughs> right. So then at the next at the next like dinner in his house, he was called on to like give the blessing or whatever. And he said he made it to about 
good bread before he got knocked backwards out of his chair by because he had his eyes closed <laughs> right. by his dad because uh, he thought that that was funny. So that's what day. I mean, exactly right there. Like no time to respond. Yeah, like you you out of uh, frustration or out of whatever it is, you say something that. As soon as it's out of your mouth, you know you shouldn't have said, and then you just get smacked for it. Do you think it. Joffrey? I knew really he shouldn't have said it. Uh, no, probably not. But I really, I really empathize with Joffrey in that moment because it brought back some memories. And well, you, you, I know also if my deserve- mom listened to this, she would, he- she would remember that. I didn't get slapped very often. I did not have the childhood that you had, but like, but I really didn't get slapped very often. And that one was like just out of nowhere, the fastest hands I've ever seen. And, uh, and so I empathize with Joffrey in this moment. Well, I'm glad that you can. He definitely deserved it. And I think I said a, an audible cheer Oh yeah, when it happened. I was very happy and wanted to see more of it. I wanted to see her not only hit him once, but then just get on top and just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> I, my The worst part about that is that Cersei almost like, Oh man, I shouldn't have done you that. You see it in her face. Yeah. My mom like bowed up to me, I think, after that. <laughs> well, I think I don't your mom probably wouldn't have if he was you you were surrounded by construction workers in your yeah. throne room. And everything stopped and everyone's looking. Right. <laughs> it seemed like she was a little bit intimidated by the flex of power from Joffrey. Like what you just did is punishable by death. Uh you'll, you'll never, never do, do it again. again. And that's when you see her face of like Shit. If I'd have said that to my mom, she'd slap me again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wish I could go back in time yeah. and like force you to say that. <laughs> and God. Or I would say it like from the other room. <laughs> and anyway, um, so See, does Cersei's life get better if Joffrey is disappeared? It has to. It can't get worse. Joffrey's the worst fucking character in this whole fucking yeah, show. Like, so he like dies or, you know, someone assassinates him, whatever. Like she's. In charge, right? But she loves her kids. We, she is, but she loves her kids. We know that Tyrion actually mentioned that earlier in that's, the episode. That's it's true. your one redeeming quality, that and your cheekbones, which is a great line. Mm-hmm. But uh, but All she loves, yeah, she loves her kids. So even though she knows who Joffrey is, she, I think she thinks that he is not beyond saving. Mm-hmm. Like like you know, what a, a lot great of, mom, right? A lot a lot of good parents would uh, think that. <laughs> I put that out there. I put, I put good in front of it. I didn't say anything. Yeah, I know. Um, Your face said it all. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I, I mean, I think I think she, she doesn't want to see him removed or, or you know, anything come, you know, harm come to him. Maybe he just gets kidnapped to right. a lovely cottage in yeah. the middle of the Well, he can country. live with uh, Barristan down there in his, his mm-hmm. hold fast by the sea. Or Craston? Craster. Craster. Yeah, that that would be great. Yeah. I'd love to see him. They could just be terrible people. Together. Become a become one of Craster's little gross wives. Gross. Yeah. Hate, I hate that. Would enjoy that very much. So, but from there, so then he he talks about how many. So so there's that like father had other children besides Tommen, Marcella, and me. How many more are there? And then we get into this, and then we have really. Herod. Really brutal. right, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's reminiscent of that, and like really think, brutal scene. I think hearing that story when you're a kid um, about like the the the, the how about you being... talk about it because not everybody is <clears throat> grew up with the same stories being told. I think maybe maybe Keith should. Well, okay, so uh, Herod in, in the Bible, in the Bible, in the beginning, Herod in the beginning, there was uh, Herod. Yes, there was <laughs> in the beginning was nothing, and then God created Herod, and then there was a big bang. Yep. 
And then shit happened. Mm-hmm. And then evolution. The Big Bang was actually Cersei slapping Joffrey. Yeah. Right. And then there were dinosaurs. Right. And, and then and people wrote on them. And then a comet came. Right. And killed them all. Right. And then then we get into God created Herod. Herod. Right. And then what happened? Um. So uh, in the Bible, Jesus was born. And uh, the king of, I believe, Israel at the time was aware of such child. And so he just killed every child between, what was it, one and two years old? Or well, there born, had been a, and two years old? There had been a like foretelling of this child will be born to be the king, king of Israel. Yeah. Right. And Herod did not. It remind you know what it reminds me of is Lord Joffrey. of the Rings and Joffrey. Lord of the Rings, Denethor, the steward of Gondor. He's the father of Faramir and Boromir. Mm-hmm. Sean Bean. Yes. Uh, who he is just a steward. Their whole role was to just wait for the king to come. Wait back. for the king to come. But then when and by the way, the book is way better than the movie. Oh, by far. The movies are the great. The movies are phenomenal. Books are even better. Even better. So, um, because this is my first time reading them. But um Oh wow. Yeah, I've never read them before. So um, we're not doing that podcast. I know. So Denethor was very like, we only have six more seasons jealous of like Aragorn and the coming King. He knew he was going to lose his power. Herod felt the same way. And then gave an order to, to do what? Kill all the children, newborn to two years old, I believe. Yeah, I believe. But this was all the children. Yeah. Which sent Jesus and his family into, well, like, you know, Mary and Joseph into hiding in Egypt. Right. Was Mm -hmm. that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, reminiscent of that. That's what, that was what I'm saying. Reminiscent of that. But like, let's talk about the theological ramifications of these. Let's not. Um, but like, so, but now you're seeing, but you're actually, they're portraying this. Yeah. They didn't shy away from that. You're hearing children being murdered. They took a baby out of this girl's arms and, and when the gold cloak is hesitating, Janice Slint says, kill the bastard and just slashes its throat. That is very hard to watch. They drown that other kid. Drown the kid. They are holding that one that baby one, upside down. Oh, and, the, and you see the gold cloak's face there is like, this is not, this can't be right. And then they're holding the, so they, and then they flash to uh, holding the, um, the, the blacksmith. blacksmith to the fire, like his face to the fire. And he's telling them, okay, yeah, it's Gen- his name is Gendry. We sent him to the Night's Watch. He's on the, you know, King's Road going north. He has a bull's head helmet. That's how you'll know him. Um, cut to bull's head helmet. Cut to said bull's head helmet. With and Arya the boy. The one shot of Arya in the Ari. whole episode. Ari? Ari? Ari or Ari. One of the two. Either one. Depends on your dialect. I guess. So. Anyway, that was hard to watch. And then, yeah, and Gendry's riding off into the sunset. Yep. The King's Road. Um, and we can, I mean, do you have predictions on where that storyline takes us? I mean, I'm guessing that the gold cloaks intercept them because they're not going very fast. They're not going very fast. Um, so, yeah, so that was a really crazy introduction to season two. A lot happened. New characters, introduction new, new storylines. Yeah. yeah, come um, on, Game of Thrones. Just. Let me catch up. I know, right? <laughs> you probably feel like oh, you, you got can't. those sixty. We got more for you. Right. Here's some new storylines. We didn't finish the other ones. <laughs> oh, I had something that I wanted to. We're here at the end, but I had something that. Um, here we are. We had we talked came. a while back about Harry Potter characters, yep. right? That crossed over. I'm. I can't get into all of them yet because we haven't met them all yet. Did you ever see the Simpsons movie where, uh, where he has a pig and he names him Harry Porker? <laughs> Isn't it Harry Plopper? 
what? Isn't it Harry Popper? I don't know. Maybe it's just it's still funny. Like he has a pig with it. He puts a scar on the pig. It makes you think of Spider Ham from yes, the Spider Verse. Right. So there are a few that were Harry Potter and Game of Thrones actors. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the ones that we've met in Game of Thrones so far. Please do. So the first one, the the deserter, the very first guy that we see die on screen in Will. Game of Thrones. Will. Is that yeah. Stan? No, he was um he was a really minor character. Mm. He was in if you remember, I believe it was um prison no, um um uh, I thought you were prepared for this. Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> you brought it up. Right? It's the scene where Harry's under the invisibility cloak in Hogsmeade mm-hmm. and they throw snowballs. He's throwing snowballs at Slytherin, the Slytherins that are picking on Harry and, or I mean, uh, Hermione and Ron. Right. It's prisoner you know of Azkaban. Yeah. So one of the Slytherin boys who's there is that guy. Oh, well, Will. There you go. Very nice. brief, very minor. He was also <clears throat> in Victor Frankenstein, which... All right. So then we also have a couple that I can't name, a couple that I can't name. Um, Tonks as Asha. Tonks as Asha. Grandmaster Pycelle was Argog, the giant spider. Oh, hey. Oh. Aragog. Interesting. Pretty crazy. That's fun. Um, yeah. Can't name her, can't name... Catelyn Stark. Had a very brief cameo where she was Hermione's mother in really? Deathly Hollows, where she they're they're showing she the flight where she obliviated. Like, yep, that's Catelyn Stark. Wow, does not look like her. It's it really it does not. Yeah. Then um obviously um what's his name uh Walter Frey yeah Mr was Filch Filch yep. uh and then Tonks. There's a lot because I mean they're very British. So very British, like, very British. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover. It and yeah, I mean. So we have some more later on down the road. Um, some minor, some major. In one, one character had a pretty significant role in, in both. So great. we'll get there. Um, Alan Rickman shows up in Game of Thrones. Oh, great! Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. David Spoiler too. It was huh? David Tennant. Was he? Oh, he was. Um. Um. Yeah, he was Barty Crouch. Son, Barty Crouch. Yeah, I forgot about that. So anyway, the guy that with the tongue thing. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Good job. Well done. The fake Mad Eye Moody. Yes. Uh, he was also was he also the he villain the, in Jessica Jones? Yeah. And he is also the Doctor. Yeah. I've never watched Doctor Who. All right. So season two, uh, episode Fire one. Fear the, Fire Fear of the Week was um, uh, Cersei, and Nick's Apology Corner will we'll make another return next week. Yep. I really hope. Yep. Um, if you have any interest in leaving us a voicemail, we would love for you to do that. Please do, do so. Don't spoil anything. Or spoil everything. And we won't, and we play, won't it. play it. And we won't play it. Uh, you can do that by calling our hotline and leaving a voicemail at 352-54. I'm looking for the number. I don't see it on my page. It's in the show notes. 352 541 2409. 2409. 2409. Just it look is, at the show notes. It is in the show notes. You can also join us on Patreon. Thank you, Lydia. Thank you, Lydia. Slash Dragon's Dreadforts. Patreon.com slash Dragon's Dreadforts. Dragon's Dreadforts. No, if you don't end. know how to spell Dreadforts. Keith, what's the Instagram? It's also the same. Dragon's Dreadforts. <laughs> at Dragon's Dreadforts. Uh, Guys, Justin, where can we find you on Instagram? I know the name of the show now. At Jan- Janiel 100. I want to say, I'm disappointed that we're not getting your Instagram handles anymore. 
See, this is where I wanted I wanted it I wanted to give it some time. Oh, it was and purposeful. Then we were gonna bring it back. Absence makes back? the heart grow fonder. I don't know. We'll see. Not not this week. You don't have one this week. Uh, That's no, no. I, you can find me on Facebook at Nick Holmes. You told me you told me you just made a new one though. Was that Janiel two hundred? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I did make that one. That was for fun. Uh, I'm actually the only one. I'm actually posting pictures of Justin's cats. Perfect. So oh, <laughs> yeah. I did. Have, if you want to see those at Janiel two hundred, if you want to see those and Justin's kids at, at Janiel one hundred. Uh, yeah. Thanks for joining season two, episode one. Excited to get to the rest of season two. The It'll night is dark. The night is dark and full, full of, of terrors. terrors. like a Marvel Marvel movie stinger shouldn't have messed that up <laughs>